4: This movie.
0: Welcome back to a brand new episode of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder.
4: Some of us pump and some of us slump.
0: Joining me, as always, is Mr. Positivity Wolfie T.
3: You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation.
0: What's up? Not much. What's up with you? I heard you got real raw this past
4: couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. I was on the. I it was, it was at Monday Night Raw on uh, the Monday after SummerSlam. It was actually pretty fun. A lot of fun that night. Got on TV quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What row were you in? We were, uh, it was row seven, but the way the section was set up. So we were uh, on the floor on the side of the ring where the commentators were and so the that part of the the arena there's there's three sections, and the middle section is right behind the commentators. We were to the section to the right of that, like facing the ring from our seats mm-hmm. uh and uh we were the first two on the aisle, but we were in row seven, but in our section, row one and two were around the corner of the uh the barricade and so, like, our row was even with row five of the middle section, so okay. that, it actually wasn't that bad. Uh, the sight lines were actually really good from where, where we were. I was uh, it was closer than I thought it was gonna be, and it was uh, it was much better sight lines than I expected. A lot of little kids uh, in that section that night, which helps because uh, usually you get stuck behind a giant. <laughs> or sitting next to one well as far as the reason like uh, my dad bought tickets this time usually i do the ticket buying but he he bought them and uh, he picked the seats for some reason they let you pick your own seats this time usually they just do like the best available or whatever and give you a random set so he picked those and um yeah being on the aisle is like well at least i know there's gonna be room on one side of me you know what i mean (laughs) So and then uh yeah, like I said, usually we get stuck behind like three or four rows of giants and it's like, well, you're on the floor, but you can't see the ring. A lot of heavy breathing knuckle draggers, is that yeah. Is that an apt description? Well, yeah, there's uh wrestling fans are uh some of them tend to be very large and uh not very well uh hygienically kept but I don't know, it was fun it was fun
0: i forgot to mention it on our barbenheimer episode but when i was sitting in bar in uh, oppenheimer so Roe right in the middle perfect for me so i sat on the left of the two seats my wife was on the right so there was this middle-aged woman next to me a bit heavier i wouldn't call her fat or anything she was a a tad overweight but she had like the loudest nose breathing i've ever heard (laughs) anytime there was silence in the movie just and she was breathing hard like it was like it was work just sitting there for her so it was very distracting (laughs) and that was you know that was besides the fact that that guy got up and i don't know what he was doing in the middle with his popcorn and the soda (laughs) going to the bathroom but a lot of
4: distractions in Oppenheimer. So, like that bomb <laughs> drops, that bomb <laughs> drops, and you're just hearing nose whistles. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, it goes silent for a good 10, it's 15 like 50, seconds, yeah. 20 seconds.
4: Yeah, it takes a long time for that sound to travel. Your mic's not picking it up. You got oh, really? Stuff uh, blocking that shit. <laughs> got the pop screen in the way. Got to go around it. <laughs> the if mean, you got you got too much wind breaking in there mm. the the
0: spit screen and the pop screen doing their job i think in the virtuosity episode or earlier there was something where i was doing like a a blowing sound and
4: listening back to it i was like god i don't hear shit <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Oppenheimer, did you see your girl on the picket line
0: yeah uh I can tell you it makes me almost to want to put my, my foot in my mouth. I'm about to jump off the bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing, it's like she still looks great on screen, but in the real world every time
4: every time I see her off screen, <laughs> it's like she just gets worse. Just like does something else. Like I'm gonna make myself look uglier today. How, what can I do? And those glasses she was wearing did her no favors. Septum ring, sure uh self haircut <laughs> <laughs> she looks she looks like she had uh actually just did this in ww a couple weeks ago where one of the women wrestlers had a a mental breakdown and gave herself a haircut oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know like one of them sitting on the floor in the bathroom crying with the mm. clippers type of deal so mental health is still a
0: a comedic punchline in wwe
4: that's that's what your girl florence
0: pugh looked like (laughs) i thought wwe was more sensitive to that sort of thing these days
4: well (laughs) depends on what show you're watching i guess (laughs) The the NXT women's champion gave up her belt a couple months ago because she had anxiety. (laughs) My anxiety.
0: Something must have triggered it.
4: (laughs) Then she she didn't even miss a title match. She was back in the next uh, title match. Mm. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? My anxiety. It's very Gen Z.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well. Let's continue with the summer series that is uh, almost over now. Yeah. We're doing Leon, Leon,
4: Leon, the professional today. AKA the professional. (laughs) At some point, the two titles are merged.
0: Yeah. You go on IMDb and they they just throw a colon in there and they think it like, like nothing happened. It's like live, die, repeat, edge of tomorrow.
4: (laughs) Just changed it on us. I think that one got changed back. Oh, really? Lived live, I repeat. I... I, I think that I got changed back to Edge of Tomorrow. Because mm. it was, yeah, it was Edge of Tomorrow when it was in theaters. And then all of a sudden it was on streaming or Blu ray or whatever. Lived I repeat. I was like, what the fuck is Lived I repeat? <laughs> and then it was Lived I repeat, Edge of Tomorrow and now it's just edge of tomorrow again. It was almost like they made the tagline cuz that was the tagline. They yeah. kind of made it like the
0: poster. Like there's massive font and then like i think at the bottom you'd see edge of tomorrow in almost fine print, you know. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, we're doing the professional today and then next week we're going to wrap up the summer series on 90s action with Stargate. We're going to be joined by Minnesota Legend zolly becker oh yeah it's been a few months since he's been on and since then the flash well yeah. he needed the more
4: indiana jones
0: he did he, he we toyed around with doing an indiana jones episode but i never watched it so i mean you could have talked uh indie with him but i would have contributed nothing to to the conversation
4: i think it would have been too much for zolly he was really he was really hurt by it. He still tore up about it. Well, all the toys are coming out now, and it's you know mm-hmm. he he gets the toys, and it's coming out on digital soon as well. I saw they had a action figure. He posted a picture of the action figure for uh, what's her face, the woman, and uh, it's plastic free packaging.
0: The Phoebe Waller's Bridge character? Her,
4: yes. Mm-hmm. And I asked if uh, if you pull up the hair, do you see the uh, the spot on her face? And uh, he says, Nobody's going to know because they're never going to open it. <laughs> 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 because these action figures, they're in plastic, like I said, they're plastic free packaging, they say. So like, you can't see the-, the actual toy unless you open the box. But, like, mm-hmm. if you're a collector, you don't open the box, right? Right. That box could be empty for all you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, this just kind of defeats the purpose of having it in the box for collecting. Like, if you can't see it. Yeah. Like, what? what is a little kid going to buy it and play with it? Like a, Like, it's a toy?
0: <laughs> and then... We'll probably do a recently seen episode after that, which brings us to episode 300 and Pulp Fiction, which should be out mid-September. And then we will get into the horror extravaganza. Two months, possibly two plus months of horror films.
4: Yeah, it'll be good.
0: Evan confirmed everything on the list, but I guess probably. we could probably, we could tease the theme
4: it's a very convoluted theme i'll let you explain (laughs) it because it was your idea
0: so the theme for all the horror films this year is faux american horror these are horror films that take place in the united states but are largely not filmed here they might have some b-roll some shots of the new york skyline things like that but they're pretty much made in Italy or Spain or Canada. So yeah. Other places than the US where the film takes place. Which is where a lot of it does take place nowadays in Eastern Europe. So yeah. Be
4: ready for that. That's is that giving one away? Are we gonna do the monsters? <laughs> <laughs> we are not going to do the
0: monsters. For all your monsters' needs, you should go to the Midnight Movie Cowboys. Rob Zombie's the monsters. They did a whole month last year about monsters. Uh, monsters go home. There was three episodes in the original series slash movies, and then they did an episode on the Rob Zombie film. Yep. So good stuff. If you're into the monsters, check that out. You can go to their YouTube as well.
4: The uh, Garrow, their good friend Garrow, on there for the yeah. episodes.
0: Hell of a guest, uh, Garrow. <laughs> Let's get to the topic at hand. Let's talk about Leon. I like to call it Leon now, but... Well, when I saw in the 90s, he was the professional. Also saw the theatrical cut, which is uh, far different than the cut that we watched.
4: Yeah. It's also called a different thing. It's called the professional. Yeah. The, the theatrical cut is called the professional mm-hmm. here in America.
0: It was probably a, a good... You know, marketing ploy. Probably. Who the fuck is Leon? Mm-hmm. And how do we know he's a badass? You know, how are we supposed <laughs> to know that just by the name? the Professional sounds like a badass.
4: Professional what?
0: <laughs> it was written and directed by Luc Besson. In fact, he did it while they were basically in pre production for the fifth element. As the producer, I'll find his name, the producer. Patrice Ledoux, French film producer. Produced by, is that he's the only produced by uh, credit in Wikipedia. And that is the man's name. his the name of the man you will hear shortly. Um, but he was talking about how they were in pre-production for Fifth Element for years. And it got to be, because La Femme Nikita was 90 or 91. And it got to be too long where Basson just said, I got to do something. I got I to gotta direct something. Let, let's do something here.
4: Nikita was 90.
0: And Leon is basically a spinoff of Nikita, because G- Jean Renault is in La Femme Nikita, and they just kind of out Nikita. his character.
4: La Femme Nikita is the USA show. Oh, that's
0: right. Sorry. It is just Nikita, huh? Damn.
4: Yeah. Well, wait a minute. I clicked on it, and the poster says La Femme Nikita. What the fuck, IMDb? Yeah. Get your think... names straight. <laughs> the hell? Also known as La Femme Nikita. <laughs> Anyways, yes. It's known as both. Now, Jean Reno's name in
0: Nikita is Victor Natoyer. Notoyer? But basically, it's inspired by his character in La Femme Nikita. So, I do this pretty quickly. And... I'll start going through the cast here because some more of the backstory can be told, can be better told through some of the cast itself. So we have Jean Renault as Leon. Gary Oldman plays Stansfield. He's the crooked DEA agent. Natalie Portman plays Matilda. Danny Aiello is Tony. He's the
4: mob contact for Leon that gives him all of his jobs. Uh, keep your money on better than a bank. Banks get knocked off all the time. <laughs> nobody and knocks nobody, off old Tony. Nobody knocks off old Tony.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peter Appel as Melky. Willie One Blood as uh, one of Stansfield's man, uh, men. This is first Stansfield man, but he's like the hippie dude, the hippie he's DEA the,
4: guy. Yeah, he's like the guy with the uh, dreads. Mm hmm. The Rasta guy.
0: Uh, Don Creech. He's the second man. He's about the, the slick back hair, I think. And he's doing like the Cobra thing. I think he has a match in his mouth. I don't think it's a toothpick. I think it's a match.
4: Right? I don't recall.
0: Probably. Uh, Michael Betaluccio is Matilda's father. Ellen Green was her mother, although not her real mother, of course. True. Elizabeth Regan was Matilda's half-sister. Carl Matusevich was her little brother. Frank Sanger is the fat man in the beginning. I'm going to skip over one here and come back to it. So we have George Martin as the receptionist at the their second hotel that they're at. And uh, Mai Wen as the blonde babe. She is in the beginning as the hmm. you know the, the fat man's lover prostitute whatever you want to call her she's wearing a blonde wig
4: his escort
0: yes that's why she's known as the blonde babe so she you would also know from high tension
4: well i've never seen high Tension. oh really i I thought you
0: i thought you saw it recently no hot tension as it's known in france part of the extreme french horror movement in the aughts along with films like martyrs and whatnot
4: I think I was going to watch it at one time, and then I thought it was a foreign movie. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind.
0: She was Besson's wife at the time. And uh, she was rather young when they met. And Leon, the professional, is inspired by their story, at least according to her.
4: She was born in 76, so when Leon came out. She would have been 18. Right. She maybe couldn't have even been old enough to do a nude
0: scene at that point. because She's like covering herself up with the blanket. You don't see her naked, yeah. of course. But um, yeah, so I kind of known this or that. But after hearing this, it's so much worse. So this clip is from the special features on the Blu-ray. It's uh, the 10-year anniversary retrospective. It's 25-minute special where they interview uh, casting pretty much everyone besides Besson. Because uh, in this clip, you'll hear my talk, and then that uh, uh, Ledoux producer guy, he talks. So here we go. Uh,
2: you know, I met Luke, when I was 12 years old. Um, I was with somebody else at this time, a front of him. But I f- fell in love when I was 15 with Luke. So for me, Leon is a story, it doesn't, of course it doesn't shock me, because it was uh, my story. It's the first time for me, you
3: know? How do you know it's love if you've never been in love before?
2: Because I feel it. Usually we talk about uh, the men who always love young woman, but we don't believe it true when it comes from a girl too. But it's true. You know, it's not because we are we are 13 years old that we cannot love someone. How about a kiss in the movies? Yes.
5: I know that it has been a a problem for the United States. A problem, let's say. A question. It's not for us, you know. We uh, the relationship between uh, this man, adult, and this 11 years old girl didn't shock for us because first of all, on the shooting, when Jean Reno was asking Luc, but what it is, what is my character? I don't understand, and Luc says, you are 14, you are 14, you are 14 years old. That's it. What are you doing? I'm
2: gonna
5: kiss you. have you stop, please? Mom, to Jean was directed in a way where he had to be persuaded that he was 14 years old she was 11. so it was a perfect match you know and in our mentality it's not a problem
0: yes it is wow <laughs> yes it is a problem
4: that's uh w well, that makes it sound so much worse
0: and this is she's still speaking glowingly of their relationship. This is after their divorce because they would divorce not long after Leone and he married Mila Jovovich. Uh, they fell in love during fifth element. they married in 97 and got divorced in 99. So I think by 04, he was already on his third marriage because I think he's been married four times now.
4: yeah, MDB says that uh, my one at 16 she married luke busan and gave birth to her first child Mm -hmm. at 16 yeah and then they divorced in 97 Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) so it's like it's even worse that she's like i met him when i was 12 but i was dating his friend yeah (laughs) just
4: casually drops that assuming his friend is about his age Fucking borrow a line from you, Brett. That shit is gross. That's fucking nasty. To be fair, that's a Black Bush line. It's a what? It's a line from uh, Chappelle's show, Black Bush. Oh, Black Bush.
0: <laughs>
4: that shit is gross. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just meant you because you've said it on this podcast quite often. You remember
4: that sketch, right? Two dudes at a barbecue. I like you, dog. I like you, too, dog. Let's get married. (laughs) (laughs) That shit is gross.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I understand the French have different laws and their culture is a little different. But for fuck's sake, like it's so normalized at 12, you're dating like 40 year old men at 12
4: that's ridiculous
0: that that is absurd so casual so nonchalant about it no sour milk over it either she's like does not have one regret whatsoever and this is a man she probably doesn't
4: think too highly of at the time in 04 when she's doing this interview who knows i mean i think it's uh it's a real groomer mentality but they, you know, like as the 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 groomed, like w- w- she doesn't know any different. Like she doesn't know that she was abused. <laughs> she thinks it's normal. Stockholm syndrome really took over for her. Something like that, yeah.
0: You know, for her, it's it's normal. For the French, maybe it's more normal. So I think Bassan at the time is thirty-one. That doesn't make it uh, much better in my book thinking like somebody's 40 or something versus 31 she's still 15 and i'm guessing uh his friend that was dating her when she was 12 was probably his age so
4: yeah i would assume so i
0: mean we don't even want girls dating anyone their old
4: age at that age
0: we don't want 12 year old girls dating 12 year old boys at that age
4: yeah that's uh it's a bit early
0: parents are different and they're gonna have friends and they're gonna hang out whatnot but the way she speaks about it, it was like a serious relationship, and it was no big deal. And let's get
4: them out of elementary school before we think about dating.
0: Like they were going to the same parties. Oh, we would bump into them at the at parties at mutual friends' places and things. It was like, what the fuck are you talking
4: about? Is like you're you know,
0: dating so, like a thirty year old Drew Barrymore in <laughs> her Coke parties. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> like, I guess Hollywood's just like France. Very French, but. Uh, the other yeah, producer talks about how it's no big deal for the French. And how oh, Besson ha- asked uh, Leon to act like he's 14 years old, which yeah, that's strange, which does make sense when he watched the movie because he does act like he's for- he's developed like a 14 year old Like he can kill people. He doesn't have a he's a little bit of a moral compass. No women, no kids, but he's killing people for a job. Yeah, he's not even really all that hard up for money. Because Tony keeps most of his money. So it's not like he's buying well, yeah. watches and cars and living well, the high life.
4: He's not buying anything but two quarts of milk every day. He's a blue collar hitman. <laughs> All he does is sit in the apartment and drink milk.
0: <laughs> but you see him at the at the movies. You know, he he looks like John Coffey watching one of them Flicka shows. <laughs> a child like Wonderment in his
4: eyes. The power of cinema.
0: Yeah, the Empire of Light. The right?
4: uh, the the first uh, trivia on IMDb is according to John Reno. Here's a fun fact. Or how do you say his name in French? <laughs> is he decided to play Leon as if he were a little mentally slow in quotes and emotionally re- repressed? Felt this would make audiences relax and realize that he wasn't someone who would take advantage of a vulnerable young girl renault claims that for leon the possibility of a physical relationship with matilda is not even conceivable and as such during the scenes when such a relationship is discussed renault very much allowed portman to be emotionally in control of the scenes which that sounded a lot better in the first half than it did at the end (laughs) (laughs) i mean i
0: think that's the only way i can kind of get through this movie now i mean I saw this as a probably about 12 years, 12, 13 years old. So I was kind of identifying with Matilda's character, not that she loved Leon or you know sexual or anything like that, but from the eyes of a child, I can kind of look at it yeah. and I can kind of see how she make that leap. But when you're older, it things that make you go. <laughs> and like when I was in the 90s, I would call this a five star one of my favorite films. And yeah. now it's like it's still pretty great four stars it could be five if it weren't for all that pedo nonsense but i guess i can kind of get through it still because thankfully leon doesn't act on anything or even
4: really kiss her really it's definitely a one-way one-way traffic with the romanticization Mm -hmm. of the relationship and whereas leon is uh he feels like he has a responsibility to keep her you know safe and uh she kind of talks him into a mentorship but uh she should have a
0: conservatorship over him i think
4: (laughs) he seems very uncomfortable with like the the other stuff but he doesn't know how to deal with it
0: yeah i mean i kind of wrote down my notes he's the forrest gump of hitman i think (laughs) same here (laughs) and i mean there's, there's no other explanation even knowing that the director is giving him notes saying, act like you're 14. You know, it's like you say in the, in the film that he was 19 when he came to the country. Yeah. And he tells that story. I was 19 years old. Even Danny Ayello is, you know, telling him to be careful with women. Yep. Says you were in trouble over. A, it was all over a woman when he came to this country. Still wet behind the fucking ears. But it's just, uh, and so Natalie Portman, you can speak more to this, but in the in the retrospective, she talked glowingly of the film and the process, and she talked about uh, what reservations her parents had. Uh, one of the big ones was the smoking. Yeah. There's stipulations where she was only allowed to be smoking five cigarettes total throughout the film, and she couldn't inhale, and her character had to quit in the film. She's like Bill Clinton. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I never inhaled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they also had some reservations about the uh relationship as well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and Natalie Portman said that the way she felt about the character at the time, you know, Mai Wen talks about a 13-year-old, she could be in love. And Natalie Portman talked about how I just thought of it like a, God, how does she describe it? She was in love, but it wasn't like a romantic love. She did not believe in the romantic relationship. Not that her character wasn't trying to go there, but yeah, like she was kind of saying that she knows that she wasn't old enough to fully understand uh, her feelings and her decisions. And, you know, uh, she grew up pretty rough. She grew up much faster than, most children should, but the drugs growing up around the drugs and the sex, you know, this is she walks in on her parents, well, her dad and her stepmom having sex in the beginning. You know, all this stuff has kind of been normalized. And so she's damaged. She's been abused, <laughs> neglected pretty much. So it was definitely like the French were like, yeah, this is a great love story that did not shock the French at all. And then the Americans were like, well, she's just, uh, She's just a kid. know
4: <laughs> yeah, those prudish those Prudish Americans and their anti pedophilia. Yeah, no wonder they love Polanski so much. <laughs> Polanski, I mean, what the hell? No, you gotta go there. <laughs> Definitely within the uh age limits of uh, acceptability in France with what, what he did.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and Brett, you were telling me about, I think I vaguely remember this in the news a few years back, but Natalie Portman, uh, maybe speaking out against Leon. What can you tell us about that?
4: Yeah, this was even in, uh, May of 2023. So this is really recent. Oh, really? There's a bunch of articles about her talking about how she was sexualized in Leon, uh, it's a movie that's still beloved, and people come up to me about it more than almost anything I've ever made. And it gave me my career. Uh, but it's definitely, when you watch it now, it definitely has some cringy, to say the least, aspects to it. So, yes, it's complicated for me. And then they, oh, by the way, that Luc Bassan was accused in 2018 of repeatedly raping Dutch Belgian actress Sand Van Roy over the course of two years. But the case was dismissed in 2021 after an investigation. Yeah, I read about
0: that. And oh, by the way, (laughs) he was quote unquote fully exonerated, saying that uh, basically nothing from the woman's story could be corroborated. But and there was also other allegations from other people. Not uh, not all of them were filed as lawsuits or you know they didn't all participate in the trial at all there was just some other women that's talked about having
4: some bad experiences with him so it's not no. just this one woman that's accusing him of things that might explain why his uh 2019 movie anna was not marketed very well in fact i saw that movie in the theater and i had completely forgotten about it until a bunch of people i follow on that or on, on Letterboxd letterbox rather started reviewing it a couple months ago and i'm like what the fuck is this where did this come from? I forget what what was Anna about. It was like about about a supermodel who's also a spy. Okay, but I I totally forgot it. I saw it in the theater. I, I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> who who uh, was the the female lead? Uh, Sasha Loss. Hmm. Who's got Helen Mirren, Luke Evans, Cillian Murphy, Oppenheimer himself, Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy that's about all the recognizable names that I see okay. but yeah like I remember like going to it and I don't even know if I saw a trailer for it even um, and there's hardly anybody there for it but then yeah a couple of months ago it must have popped up on streaming uh, on Prime or Netflix and a bunch of people I follow started watching it and I'm like what is that I've never heard of that like, oh, I did see that in the theater. <laughs> Oops. Anyways, um, yeah, so the article here goes on to... Uh... Okay, this is a quote from 2020. Natalie Portman said, I was definitely aware of the fact that I was being portrayed as this Lolita figure being sexualized as a child, I think, took away from my own sexuality because it made me afraid, and it made me feel like the way I could be safe was like... Or was to be like, I'm conservative, and I'm serious, and you should respect me, and I'm smart, and don't look at me that way. She added, so many people had this impression of me that I was super serious and conservative, and I realized I consciously cultivated that because it was always uh, to make me feel safe. Like, oh, if somebody, if someone respects you, they're not going to objectify you. When I was in my teens, I was like, I don't want to have any love scenes or makeout scenes. I would start choosing parts that were less sexy because it made me worried about the way I was perceived and how safe I felt.
0: Yeah, she talked about when she auditioned for Leon, uh, she had basically no professional acting experience. This was her first film in general, pretty much. So she's pretty wet behind the fucking ears. Oh, uh, in the retrospective in 2004, Natalie Portman, oh, by the way, uh, a shower scene that was cut from the script in which Leon accidentally walks in on Matilda as she's getting out of the shower. And he tries to, you know, cover her up with a towel or give her a towel. And she doesn't want, says so she doesn't care, you know. So, yeah, another, Oof. another just great scene that we just, ooh, we just missed.
4: Oh my god i'm glad they cut that <laughs> that's that's overstepping the line. yeah that's, uh, uh, that's uh, mm. that, like some of this stuff uh, like you can like rationalize away you know with like leon doesn't reciprocate you know mm-hmm. it's just like a child trying to act more mature than she is and all that stuff but like when you start getting into, like, we're going to film a nude scene with this 11-year-old and, you know, put her in the same room with the, the 40-year-old man, and uh, she's going to refuse to cover up. I mean, that's that's kind of overstepping the, the bounds, I think.
0: Yeah. And, like I said, I get through it because Leon doesn't reciprocate. Although I will say there is one problem I have with how he... Manages the situation, and that he basically, I guess, maybe puts Matilda's mind at ease, tells her that, you know, he wouldn't be a good lover because he was in love with this other woman who died. And when it should be like, well, I'm 40 and you're 12.
4: <laughs> yeah. And so that's what this, he should say. And he's like, instead of being an adult and, you know, being the grown up in the situation. It goes back to being the, you know, playing it as mentally slow. Sure. He he tries to get on her level and rationalize and find a way to not hurt her feelings. Because mm-hmm. every other time he tried to, like, kick her out, like, she just, you know, pitches a hissy fit and, like, he breaks down and is like, <laughs> okay. So, I, you know, by the time he, they get to that part of the, the story, he's he's basically looking for a way, like, how can I try to make her understand that I'm not going to reciprocate and also not hurt her feelings. Yeah. So,
0: And and during Fun Facts, we'll have to kind of go through it. uh, What was added in the extended version, the Deluxe International version,
4: as it used to be known? The Integral (laughs) or Integral or whatever they called it.
0: What is it, about 22 minutes is added total? 26. And some of it is uh, more jobs that he takes Matilda with on. So that's some great stuff that I don't know why it was cut uh, from the original or the U.S. theatrical. Yeah,
4: because I think audiences would have liked that. Well, I was telling you, I I watched this. I had seen this movie one time. I had seen the theatrical cut, and it was pro- <clears throat> probably I don't know, early 2010s, maybe. And I, it, it was, I had seen it was probably on I Love the Nineties or something, <laughs> where they were like, "Oh, remember the professional? Gary Oldman was so good, and Natalie Portman, blah blah blah." And so, like, I had kind of built it up in my mind, and like, it it took me a long time to try to to be able to find it in a place where I could watch it without having to like pay to rent it or whatever. And it finally like popped up on one of the channels mm-hmm. I have, and. I watched it, and I'm like, this is kind of boring. Like They don't even, like, leave the apartment. Like, nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> like, this isn't that exciting. <laughs> and uh, so when you said, let's do this as an action movie, I'm like, well, all right. <laughs> I don't know there's not much action in there, is there? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think there's a few scenes that I probably forgot. Because you, you insisted, like, the... The, the, the opening hit is in the the original version or the theatrical, which I had forgotten. Maybe that's true. That's probably true. And I forgot how it ended. So there's there's action at the beginning of the end. The theatrical one cuts a lot of the other action stuff out of the, the film. So like it, the international one has way more action in it. and mm-hmm. it's it's a much better film because of it yeah um
0: it does have uh more pedo stuff but
4: a <laughs> lots more take, action as well Take a good the <laughs> yeah bad, take the good with
0: the bad with the profession <laughs> <laughs> see i think we've uh shit on it enough with its problematic uh aspects but we both yeah. still really like this movie so let's let's start talking about what we do like about
4: it i felt a lot better before I knew what the producers and the director <laughs> were actually intending to do. Because yeah. luckily it didn't come out quite as they had intended. Yeah. My feeling after hearing that interview.
0: Not just because of the Me Too movement and Time's Up and stuff. Not just because of that, but I would be curious to know what my Wen's opinion would be now. I wonder what she would think, uh, or wonder what she would tell us thinking about like what's going through her mind back in the 90s and whatnot. Yeah. After time's up, I'm sure that French producer would change his tune as well.
4: <laughs> would he?
5: I don't know, Lloyd. The French are assholes.
0: <laughs> I mean, at least on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't tell
4: us what he's thinking inside, but so like let's make Lolita again. <laughs> Who did the Lolita remake? Do you remember? Uh, well, you know, Kubrick did Lolita in the
0: 50s, but her 60s I should say. Uh but I forget who did one in the 90s. Yeah.
4: Was it Gus Van Sant or something? I haven't seen that one. Let me see. Lolita from 1997. Adrian Lynn. Oh, that's right. So, you know it's classy. <laughs> Adrian Lynn known for nine and a half weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. uh, Your favorite Glenn Close film, right? Flashdance. He did nine and a half weeks. He did Fatal Attraction. He did Jacob's Ladder, Indecent Proposal, Lolita, Unfaithful. Real sexy stuff. And then he took 20 years off and he came back with Deep Water. (laughs) Yeah. Which Steve, if you haven't seen Deep Water, you should you should check out Deep Water. I've not seen Deep Water, but I am thinking about subscribing to Hulu. So that might have to go on the list. So Steve, it's
0: like knock knock two, okay.
4: <laughs> Did you see Blonbo? Headed <laughs> it onto the background.
0: <laughs> so all right, enough about. But Steve does the, the whole movie is worth
4: watching. Blonde is a masterpiece. People are gonna look back in five years and realize Blonde was the, uh, one of the best movies of twenty twenty two. Well, that's
0: probably how long it'll be before I revisit it. Five years. <laughs> not that I'm not
4: gonna. I'm going to. But... Just ask Lorez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's a big fan. He knows. We haven't even started the plot.
0: Yeah, let's try and go through the plot as quickly as we can because we've talked about certain
4: aspects kind of in detail. You haven't even read the synopsis yet. Well, here we are talking I about haven't. pedophilia. And it's a good thing this show's not on YouTube because it, this, this episode would not be on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> we said the P word too many times. Synopsis. 12-year-old
0: Matilda is reluctantly taken in by Leon, a professional assassin after her family is murdered an unusual relationship forms as she becomes his protege and learns the assassin's trade that's putting it lightly but maybe they're talking about the theatrical uh begins with shots of the new york skyline leon pops up and then we get this first hit right yep
4: somebody's coming up somebody's serious
3: somebody's coming up somebody's serious
0: There's great dialogue in the beginning there. There's some great dialogue later, but that is not a good... uh, That's one of the first lines, and it's just like, (laughs) oh, we're in for a rough ride with this dialogue. Anywho, it thankfully gets
4: a lot better after that, mostly because of Gary Oldman. I feel like there's more Gary Oldman in the international cut, but I could be wrong. What's funny is, in
0: that retrospective, they talk about Gary Oldman's character, and the scene he talks about Mozart and Beethoven with the father. They show two or three alternate takes. So you can see how it kind of evolves because he's improvising some things. And it's it's pretty cool. Hmm. You get to see more of him acting weird. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we have this opening hit. Leon is dispatching of these these NPCs. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. He's like a ninja. He's, he's- here and then he's there. He's, can't hear him then he's in the
4: roof he's in the ceiling throats dropping dropping metal uh
0: yeah i don't know what you call the them those
4: like the shields on the windows it's like a security door you yeah. see at a mall backfired on
0: them <laughs> uh he dispatches of everyone in the uh everyone around the fat man and then he gets up behind him with a knife as he's calling nine one one, gets connected to a cop. But uh,
4: <laughs> why is he calling nine one one? Like how desperate you have to me? Be... Somebody's trying to kill me. You're a criminal. It's like calling nine one one because uh, somebody ripped you off when you're trying to buy your crack cocaine. But well, what are you going to do now?
0: <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> dead. That's
4: there. So that is a last resort.
3: That's a last resort.
4: We had a deal. I was, uh, I gave him 50 bucks. He was supposed to give me two rocks, you know, it, it, <laughs> call the police. I love that. Are you, I, don't, I don't
0: know if you're talking about the, the woman who's talking to the cops to call the cops because she didn't get her, she gave 20 bucks to this other woman and she didn't get her crack.
4: Yeah. I, there was at least, there's going to be multiple episodes of cops where that happened. But. Well, it's so funny.
0: Cause like, <laughs> She's like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't get nothing for giving her twenty and, dollars. And so the cop goes and talks to this other woman, it was her house, uh, and she's talking about how yeah, she's talking, she comes up to us one in the bike crack, and she gives me the twenty dollars, and she's saying all this stuff in front of my child. This is my child, okay? <laughs> I don't sell drugs, I'm a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> she does she's saying this to the cops. <laughs>
4: Oh, man speaking of prostitutes this movie was one year after Gary Oldman played Drexel in True Romance yes it is this was a a was great big, time for Gary Oldman <laughs> there's a pair of great big giant titties on the tv over there near here eyeballing me staring <laughs> me down <laughs> and then he's he's the villain in the
0: fifth element was true you know a few years later so another great role that's right but uh leon gets a phone call
4: well he has a fat guy call a number oh, okay he's got a number written down he says dial his number that's right and then uh it's uh whoever hired him i, yeah. I don't the know mo- if they showed some mob boss him. yeah this is uh what you doing in town you know i was like oh it's tuesday i'll only come in on tuesdays <laughs> i'm leaving tonight and he says uh, put me on the phone with the uh, with the other guy and he tells Leon, make sure he understands and then let him go. And Leon just goes, do you understand? <laughs> and he lets him go. It's like, uh, yeah. He must no. have been a, a made guy.
0: Don't, don't come back. They were giving the other family a courtesy by not killing him, I guess.
4: <laughs> they killed literally everybody else. Well, those
0: aren't made guys. They're protecting the made guy.
4: Do not sign up for security for that guy. Mm-hmm.
0: Unless you're out of the New York City limits.
4: That was a massacre, though. Like, he killed, like, 50 people (laughs) hand-to-hand. Probably more like seven, but... Jumped in the top of the elevator and shit? Yeah. Like, he's much more agile than he looks.
0: He's done with the job, then he goes to buy milk, right? And then he goes home. (laughs) That's when we meet
4: Matilda. Always buying milk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Matilda, she got uh bruised face because she fell off her bike. Probably not. Probably yep, beat up by her dad.
0: Yeah. Um uh, Matilda and other people are smoking in this movie and throwing their cigarette butts everywhere. It just reminds me of how weird it was back in the it was kind of ending in the nineties, but it still happened where people would smoke indoors and then just kind of like put the cigarettes out on the ground.
4: <laughs> yeah
0: like apartment yeah. buildings random like business buildings throw it on the ground put it out with your foot and keep on walking i remember when i watched midnight run for the first time robert de niro is in some apartment building in the beginning he's trying to find uh some bounty some guy who skipped his bail and he's smoking a cigarette and he's starting to jimmy the door so he just kind of throws it on the ground and puts it out i was like god you know, I don't smoke or anything, but like I, I kind of want to go back to that. I don't know why, because it's <laughs> everything smelled terrible. I'm sure, but I don't know. It's just something comforting about people smoking indoors, I guess. <laughs> smoking sections and restaurants. I know you remember that. Yeah, smoking or non-smoking.
4: We always were in the non-smoking, but oh, well, it's funny because like there, the only barricade between you, the smoking and the non-smoking, would be like like a small glass divider Mm -hmm. that goes up like a foot and a half (laughs) between the two booths. (laughs) Well, it was,
0: it was basically the same for COVID. You know, you got this small glass divider (laughs) that goes up two feet,
4: (laughs) but um, it didn't really make a difference. Like, yeah, I guess if you were on the far side, you might not get all the smoke, but it just seems that everyone on the
0: smoking side was so free and liberated to do whatever (laughs) they want. We were the
4: oppressed people in the cleaner air section. Well, smokers are the only uh, people that you're allowed to discriminate against. Mm-hmm. Well, up until it was okay to discriminate against uh, straightway males, but uh, before that, it was smokers. Even the South Park did a bit about that. They did the Museum of Tol- Tolerance. Yeah. And then they go outside and somebody's smoking and they just ream them. <laughs> 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 but yeah that's one thing in these 90s movies like everybody's smoking everybody's smoking indoors like even if it's the future like people are still smoking inside it's like there's it had to have just been ash everywhere people had yeah. to like
0: sweep hallways i'm sure in the apartment buildings it's just Disgusting. ash and butts everywhere the haze just everything's just everything haze. that's not carpeted I think it was one of those things where it was a, uh, an unwritten rule where you could throw your cigarette on the ground as long as it wasn't carpeted. Like, then you're fine. <laughs> get any sort of solid surface. You get free reign. Throw your butts wherever you want.
4: And then Rob Reiner came around and yelled
0: at you. <laughs> <laughs> Butt out, Rob Reiner.
4: He eats his giant sandwich. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's continue on here. Well, the, well, the next thing is uh, Gary Oldman, who we'll later find out, is uh, DEA agent Norman Stansfield. Him and his uh, crew show up on Matilda's dad. Uh, they they pull him out in the hallway, and uh, they think he's cutting his cocaine because it's only 90% pure after they they gave him 100% pure cocaine to hold. And then they come pick it up, and it's ninety percent pure. So Split. somebody's been cutting it.
0: <laughs> that is uh, our first clip. I forget it was it eighty or was it ninety percent? I think it was
4: ninety percent. So okay. like, like it was ten percent uh, cut, or yeah. you know, whatever baking soda or whatever we used to cut it. We'll find out right now because it's in this clip.
5: I don't touch it. I don't even know how to cut it. Try and follow me, all right? In June, we gave you the dope. It tests 100% pure. Now it's July. We pick up the dope, and it tests 90% pure. Now somewhere between June and July, 10% turned to cut. I don't know. It's
4: none of my business. I'm just a holder. You give me the stuff, I hold the stuff. That's all I know. (laughs) Hey,
5: look, you know, I'm I'm trying to help you out here. But you know, if you're going to be a hard ass about it, I got to disturb him. Now let me tell you, when he's into his music,
1: he hates being disturbed.
2: I'm telling you the truth.
1: I hope
5: so. Because he's got a talent for sniffing out a lie. It's scary. It's almost like a sixth sense. You going to
3: change your tune? Or i got to bust into his. I'm telling you the truth. Of course he didn't.
1: Just do me a favor, find out who did by tomorrow
0: noon. I just love the way (laughs) Gary Oldman says, oh,
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. He said he didn't cut the dope.
0: I have a feeling I'm gonna I'm gonna use that a lot from now on on this podcast.
4: <laughs> I was busting out that scene because he's like he has a knack for sniffing out a lie, and then he just starts literally sniffing out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he couldn't hear what the guy was saying because he was listening to his music. Yeah, it was too loud. So he generally just does that. Of course he didn't. <laughs> Says he didn't cut the dope. Of course he didn't. <laughs> You can already tell that he's uh, a little unhinged. Yeah, This is I think
0: right after Matilda was talking to Leon and talk about the bruise in her face. She fell off her bike because he had uh, Leon went into his apartment.
4: Oh, I thought you were going to play another clip. No, no. Yeah. It was right after she uh, and Leon had spoke. Um, yeah cause their dad showed up and made her go into the apartment and Leon went to his and then he drank milk. <laughs> he sure <laughs> did.
0: Then we just get to the next morning, right? because Leon goes and sleeps in his chair,
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he always he sleeps always... <laughs> sitting up with the, with the one eye open, with sunglasses uh, on and his gun out on the table. Uh, he's very paranoid. We found out the next morning that uh, Matilda skipped two weeks of school, uh, and she tells the headmistress that she's dead. She mm-hmm. pretends to be her mom. Yeah. Puts on her grown-up voice. And then, like, she uh, she uh, gets uh, in a fight with her sister about who gets to watch the TV. She wants to watch Transformers all the time, which is on all the time. No matter what time she changes the channel, it's Transformers. Her sister's trying to do aerobics. Yeah. Just a uh,
0: horrible home life with the, I guess, the drug peddling father, or the drug holding
4: father, but he's peddling too if he's cutting it and then selling it. Yeah. And the, uh, yeah, the, the parents, the dad tries to have sex with his wife, but she's trying to go to work. But I'm guessing she's a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> so how about working at home today? The way the way she's dressed and yeah, and uh, the how about working at home today? Like exactly, just fuck me all day. (laughs) Doesn't he know he's got till noon to
0: figure out who cut the thing? Yeah, or just he's like, oh, I think I really screwed up this time. He's like, I don't know. Why don't you, I don't know, get some money? Like it couldn't have been that much.
4: Something uh, like
0: they find the ten percent in the in the radio eventually,
4: when they come in well there. yeah he but had his cash his money staff. i guess that that
0: looks like it was about a key so maybe he was holding 10 keys and i guess of coke was probably a lot in the 90s so he couldn't just come up with i don't know what 10 20,000 whatever it is
4: well they maybe found his cash and they or did uh, matilda steal his cash
0: matilda did but i think that That's was right
4: they found his drugs right
0: yeah they found his drugs she found the cash it was about 20 yes. grand However, yes. that could have been just uh, money he was saving up. I, yeah. And then again, if it was enough, if it was enough to cover that
4: key, you think he just would have given it to him instead of dying. <laughs> he didn't seem, uh, well, he didn't respect that uh, Gary Oldman would uh, come and murder him and his entire family. Yeah. I've got one minute passed. Meanwhile, Leon is at the, the movies. Yes. It's the power of cinema, as we spoke about earlier. Let's <laughs> <good> that. <laughs> the dumb smile on his face you know they do the shot of uh him sitting there and then the light coming from behind him from the projector looking up with that smile on his face his his mouth is always a gap so it's uh it's always partially open anyways a gape a gape agape a gape a jar so it's (laughs) a jar it's funny he kind of looks
0: around behind him he's the only one there no, there's a couple of people behind him. Oh, right like, there. Many rows behind him, but they were there. They're were like ten rows behind right. him. Yeah, I think but,
4: you're right. Yeah, he's like, "Are you seeing this? This yeah. is great. How <laughs> how awesome is this? <laughs> this is so good."
0: But uh, yeah, he comes uh, back to, I guess, the aftermath of what will be a vicious shootout. Not the aftermath. He
4: gets home right before the DA agents come in. Right. I think so, or he they're they does he walk past them? I can't remember, yeah, he gets there right before, yeah, he gets there right before they knock and go in and all that stuff, and Matilda goes to the store to get him some milk and some other groceries, so like she's out of the house too when it all starts,
0: yeah, so Gary Oldman uh takes his pill.
4: What do you think he's getting high on? I have no idea what that is i I don't know speed he but it cracks, like a, cracks it's like the capsule. A capsule he doesn't
0: want the stomach acid to dissolve the capsule. he's gotta bite through it, get that precious
4: powder. He gets into the system faster through the saliva. Why
0: doesn't he just snort it or something?
4: I, well, I don't even know what it is I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say, but yeah, whatever it is, it uh gets him very high. And, uh, yeah, he comes in, guns a-blazing.
0: Very flamboyant in the way he kills the family. Shoots the door open, takes a shot at the daughter who's running down the hallway. He opens up the bathroom door, shoots the wife, mother, girlfriend, prostitute, whatever, whoever's in the in the tub.
4: Yeah. Puts a hole in the tub, too. Yeah. <laughs> He's using a shotgun. Mm-hmm. So it's a very... Uh... He finally does get the
0: the daughter... The older sister of matilda the other guys come in they're tossing the house and Ullman goes and confronts the father and says uh we told you noon i've got one minute past yeah
4: <laughs> and the the little brother is hiding under the bed in the bedroom which is like maybe the most distressing scene outside of the relationship i guess yeah until he gets shot and then that's worse the whole scene is brutal yeah, but he's just murdering this whole family. But it's like these these horrible people, and then you get this one innocent five year old boy who doesn't know any better. Yeah, I was like four oh, years old. God, four
0: years old, and uh, oh yeah, okay.
4: it was four. Yeah,
0: they don't show up, but he gets shot. I think by the stoner, the dreadlock guy.
4: Yeah, they do shoot him eventually when he uh, gets found out,
0: and then uh, the father kind of playing possum he was just standing there against the corner of the wall acting like he was just waiting and there was a a shotgun behind him he grabs it and he starts blasting he hits stansfield in the shoulder yeah just kind of grazes his arm and then he shoots uh who did he kill i forget the guy's name but he kills one of stansfield's men and then he makes a run for it
4: probably either the third man or the fourth man (laughs) yeah
0: and uh, Stan Sansfield's on the ground and he shoots him with a revolver a lot. Really? He shoots him twice and then he gets up and finishes the, the full six rounds. And it was funny, uh, the behind the scenes stuff they talk about. I think it was the producer, that Ledoux guy, or no, it wasn't Ledoux, it was uh, the guy I forget the guy's name, but he had the very Italian name and he was the father, played the father. He said, when they shot that scene, obviously. You know, when you point a gun at somebody, it's gotta not be loaded. Yeah. They wanted to empty the clip into him and he wanted to hold the gun right up to the father's body. And so they did it. They they checked the gun, uh, make sure there was anything in it. And Gary Ullman checked it, and he's clicking away because the rounds have been spent, and he's just <laughs> clicking. <laughs> and then he says the gun went off. Oh no. And Gary Olman throws it away and, like, screams, like, ah! Like, he thinks he shot the father. And the guy was saying, like, I didn't say anything because the director didn't say cut. So I'm just waiting there. <laughs> Everyone's like, he's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? I didn't want to break character. And then finally, Basson said cut. And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. And then, you know, it was it was a blank that was in there. But he thinks Basan did that on purpose. He thinks he snuck around it. Mm. Because this was about a year after the Brandon Lee incident. So everyone's on edge. They (laughs) talked about everyone was making, you know, checking everything twice. They did not want a repeat of that situation. That was another concern the parents had uh, with Nellie Portman of her handling guns and all that. Yeah. So for Basson to do that within like a year or so or whatever, two years of
4: Brandon Lee being killed is a little, it's a little extreme. That's messed up too, because even with the blank, like you gotta have a certain distance between the blank or you know the the muzzle and the the target for the blank to to yeah. fire out.
0: This is only about five years after Bruce Willis had partial hearing loss from the blanks and Die Hard. Yeah, so it's not like it's not a big deal to throw a blank in when no one's no one's the wiser,
4: <laughs> especially if you're gonna like just put the the gun right up to somebody's body and pull the trigger. Like you could still die from that. I mean, the film they filmed that in a real
0: uh, apartment. There wasn't a set. Now the hallway scenes, that was the Chelsea hotel, uh, which is, I guess a famous hotel, but uh, the apartment that, you know, they edited it together, but that was in a real, a real apartment building. So the echo and everything would have yeah. been it went in so loud. Yeah surprise, (laughs) Gary Olman (laughs) thinks he shot him for real. (laughs) Especially after the Brandon Lee thing, he must have, for a second, life just flashed before his eyes. Yeah. Like Alec Baldwin. Uh, So funny that they're going to charge him again now, because they, of course, the trigger was pulled. Shockingly, the trigger was pulled (laughs) and the bullet came out. Anybody who knows anything about that kind of a gun knows that it literally has to be pulled or the hammer will not
4: like it will not trigger the round it's designed that way it's not like that that uh was the mac 10 or whatever from uh true lies bouncing down the staircase. case <laughs> <laughs>
0: because kumia described it on his podcast first hearing about the story i would have thought okay it's an old revolver i mean obviously it's a prop real gun but it's you know, it's part of the prop team and their props. And I'm uh, sure it was made semi-recently. But, you know, you just think of a revolver, an old Western revolver, as a hammer. And uh, it comes forward and strikes the primer of the of the round. Mm. But this particular gun, when the hammer goes forward, it does not, doesn't go forward far enough to reach the round. Because when you pull the trigger, a thin piece of metal goes up and connects the hammer to the round. So technically the hammer hits this piece of metal, which then hits the primer on the round. So you literally, it will not set off the round unless the trigger has been pulled. So there's no other way that gun could have been fired. You have to pull the trigger. Alec Baldwin's like, I didn't pull the
4: trigger. He does have fat fingers. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, this is late stage Alec Baldwin. I mean, he's, he's fatter now than Daniel Baldwin was when he went on Celebrity Fit Club.
0: Oh, I just saw Daniel Baldwin and uh, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. <laughs>
4: look at Svelte. He
0: wears this duster, this bulletproof duster throughout the whole movie. Him and his oh. goons. <laughs> they all have these dusters. They look like really cheap pleather.
4: Yeah. He went on Celebrity Fit Club, and then he went to Celebrity Rehab. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that that family guy bit. <laughs> Alec Baldwin is breastfeeding all of his brothers. <laughs> <laughs> he has a shirt up, and they're all sucking on his nipples. And he's like, drink up, Stephen. You're the weakest. <laughs> <laughs> I think he says Stephen. I don't know. Because there's Daniel, Steven, and Billy. All sucking on him. Well,
4: William. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah. What about the old lady at next door? Why don't you leave that family alone? Harry Oldman shoots
0: the I guess the door slash window next to her shatters the window yeah he said go back inside (laughs) she like doesn't even flinch yeah gary oldman is so fucking funny in this movie
4: (laughs) like he makes up for all the pedo stuff i think i I tell you the first time i watched it i i I didn't feel like i got enough of him but this time i was like yeah this is what people were telling me about like this is all the good shit that i was expecting and i don't know maybe i just had uh maybe my, my expectations were just more in line of what it what it actually was this time or maybe we actually did get more of him but yeah i really appreciated it a lot more this time because it was it was fucking great
0: This is our second hammy villain in a row after Virtuosity. Also (laughs) our second dead kid in a row after Virtuosity. (laughs) It just so happened to fall together like this. I guess it was like our summer where we had talked about a lot of Arnold movies and all three Arnold movies is at the Galleria.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of dead kids, I just watched Minority Report last night. It's been so long since I've watched it. I remember really liking it. I forget how good that movie is. I've only watched it two or three times before. Uh, this was last time. But uh, yeah, Tom Cruise has a dead kid in that movie. Um, mm. <laughs> that's why he joined
0: pre crime. Prior to this, Star of the Vengeance did not have a dead kid. And I don't think Stargate does. Although I'll have to re- It's been a while. It's been since the 90s since I've seen Stargate, I think. So we'll see if Kurt Russell plays a broken down show of his former self or something with a family that he lost. I don't know. But, yeah, quite the coincidence. Hammy villains and dead kids.
4: Back to back. Yep. So anyways, they're busy killing Matilda's family and she comes back with the groceries. Mm -hmm. And uh, she goes to Leon's apartment. He's watching through the people with his gun to the door. And she just keeps, like, knocking on the door, and she's just crying, like, please open the door. Please open the door. Please open the door. And uh, the guy on watch, out was just kind of, like, looking at her, like, what's going on over there? And he finally opens the door for her, and, uh, like, he's pissed. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yep. Because the, the guy comes over, and he eventually, uh, like, before he uh, does anything, He ends up changing his mind and going back. and Because uh, Matilda turned on the TV with the Transformers. It was really loud and he could
0: hear it. Almost like, oh, it's just a normal family just in the living room watching TV. What
4: was I thinking?
0: And he returns to his post.
4: uh, Yeah, I guess it was kind of like that. But I kind of got the feeling like... He didn't want to pursue it because he didn't feel like killing kids was a good idea. <laughs> he didn't want to kill a kid. I don't know. Could be a little, little bit of here, this, a little bit of that. But before they leave, they do find a picture of her and say, we missed one. Yep. We're going to find her. Uh, this kind of
0: leads up to our next clip. Leon's kind of taking care of Matilda in his place. Uh, she's very distraught over what happened, of course.
4: And, um, uh, yeah, you just want to play the clip now or anything else you want to bring up? Uh, right before this, uh, the cops start showing. So you don't know that they're the cops yet. Gary Oldman and his guys. Right. But the cops show up and, uh, the guy says, the cops are here. We got, or The cops are outside. We got to go. And, uh, your old says, tell them we were doing our job. Mm-hmm. But you don't find out for like another hour that he works for the DEA. Yeah. So that's kind of how they leave that. And then it goes into the relationship with Matilda. When he conveniently
0: says, come down to my office, (laughs) gives the address, room 4602.
4: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yeah, I think we could play that clip. Okay. What's your name? Matilda.
3: Sorry about your father.
2: If somebody didn't do it one day or another. I would have probably done it myself.
3: Your mother, she. She's
2: not my mother. My sister. She wanted to lose some weight anyway. Bet she never looked better. Not even my real sister. Just a half sister, not a good half at that.
3: Couldn't stand them while you cry.
2: Because they killed my brother. What the hell did he do? He's four years old. He never used to cry. He just used to sit next to me and cuddle. I was more of a mother to him than that goddamn pig ever was.
3: Hey, don't talk like that about pigs. They're usually much nicer than people.
2: But they smell like shit.
3: Not true. As a matter of fact, right now, I have one in my kitchen. That's very clean. It smells very nice.
2: You don't have a pig in your kitchen. Yes, I do. It was just in there, and I didn't see any goddamn pig.
3: Don't move. I'll get him. Piggy, Piggy, where are you? There you are. Oh,
0: That is the first of two spit takes he does in this film. He
4: choked on it. It came out of his nose.
0: Yeah. It doesn't come off so well with all the sexual overtones in this film.
4: <laughs> He's so flustered when she says cute name. He's so caught off guard by it. I was like, Oh my God. What have I gotten myself into? Well, it's weird. Cause like it goes from like she's crying about her brother and then he's he's got a pig oven mitt Uh, it's an oven mitt that looks like a pig and he's Mm -hmm. like using it as a puppet she's talking to the puppet and then she's like uh, all of a sudden like hitting on him (laughs) like it's a wide (laughs) wide range of emotions in that two minutes right I've had better days (laughs) really I should hope so
0: it's not long before she finds some of his weapons that he leaves out on the table <laughs> in a pot. It's they're in a case, but she opens the case and voila, there's like six pistols there. Yeah. Uh she asks what he does. He says, uh cleaner. You mean you're a hitman? Uh he goes, Yes, and she's like, Cool. And he acts very uh, happy that she is so impressed by his job. <laughs> Almost like a an awestruck 14-year-old boy with the look he gives her.
4: Well, obviously, he doesn't have many friends. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, doesn't have much of a social life. So any kind of uh, social, uh, I guess, uh, approval is uh, new to him. But, uh, yeah, Matilda, she offers to live with Leon, do his chores, but she wants him to teach him. She who wants Leon to teach her to clean. Mm-hmm. To quote clean. He says, "No, of course." And go to
0: bed. We'll figure it out tomorrow. And there's a point while she's sleeping that Leon just considers killing her.
4: And yeah. Her. Like he, yeah, it gets to the point where he puts a gun to her head, and he can't, he can pull the trigger. No women, no kids. He's got he's got rules that he abides by. That'd be a double whammy, female child would be a double whammy. He mm-hmm. also find out that he can't read. He's a child.
2: One, one, he two, can't even read. Two,
0: two. <laughs> it was. It was another aspect of him that's very childlike. Can't read. I mean, although kids, especially these days, can read at such young ages. I mean, even fourteen is pretty ridiculous. For I mean, he's an immigrant, but it's. Do you
4: think they mean he just can't read English? You think he could have read Italian? I don't know. I, I assume he has some reading skill level, because like, how else could he get around if he doesn't know how to fucking read? Like, I, well, what does he, get he get need to life? do? He goes to the movies and he buys milk. And well, how does he get a hit? Uh, Daniel Yellow. a hit job. He, he shows like... him pictures of people. <laughs> well, he it's did. like a... he literally does. They go to this, but does he take a taxi every time? Like, you know, take me to these two streets in this corner. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like, uh, on, uh, they just did a Dark Side of the Ring episode on Abdul the Butcher, and they claim that he dropped out of school in second grade and can't read. But, um, he's made millions of dollars wrestling over the years, had several businesses that he owned, and, as uh, multiple people in the episode pointed out, well, he sure as hell could read a menu. Um, and, and this kind of reminds me of, of that, where it's like maybe he reads enough to get by, but like as like a straight just like reading, like he, he's a very poor reader, which is remedial at best.
0: He could have been uh, following a, a strategy that. Was used at SESU and most likely Mankato State University. Back in college, my friends and, uh, and I, if we were visiting friends at another college campus or in another town, or other friends came to visit us, it was quite common to, wherever you were, who you were staying with, you would write their address on your wrist, on your hand. So at the end of the night, if you're too drunk, you could just show the cab driver, the address, <laughs> and just take me here and that's how you get home could be didn't have these fancy smartphones with notes you could just (laughs) write down an address didn't have gps
4: you bringing up college reminds me of the story i heard about uh, i think it was antonio cromarty just quickly at uh, florida state university when he got his first three kids yes um There's somebody who said he was. So there was like some scandal where Florida State wasn't making their football players like go to class or whatever. Or like the, the tutors were doing work. They were reading up. like a third grade level. Yeah, I remember like that Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. So like somebody was like, I had class with Cromarty and they'd call on him to read in class and he couldn't read. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, in the, he's, he's in college on a football scholarship, but dude can't read.
1: Making fun of a little kid for trying to read. Are you psycho?
4: Do you not have a soul. Well, he also had a hard time remembering all his babies and their mamas. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow three of them had the same age. I don't know. I don't get it. But not twins, not triplets. All born the same year. But yeah, it's uh so people get around. I mean, you know, you could be a multi million dollar professional athlete and not be able to read. I mean, you get by. It I could get, be I guess Nick there's Cannon. ways to get by. Nick
0: Cannon, I can't wait till he loses
4: all his money. I just can't wait. What about Floyd Mayweather Jr.? Remember when uh, Fifty Cent uh, offered him a million dollars to read Harry Potter? <laughs> no, I don't actually, <laughs> and he declined. <laughs> there's there's some radio spot where uh, Floyd Mayweather was reading some ad or something, and he fucked it up. He couldn't read. And fifty cent like just went on a tirade. like uh he went on some <laughs> other radio show, and he's like, I'll give you a million dollars to read Harry Potter, just like one chapter of Harry Potter on there live because you can't read that <laughs> he played uh, the declined. So not uncommon is what I'm getting at. It's not uncommon to to be a poor reader. I did think the the reading thing with Matilda teaching him how to read. It it put them more on the same level mentally in a lot of ways, yeah. uh, at least in one aspect. And so I think that contributed also to him not like putting his foot down as the adult and saying, no, you need to stop saying those things. This is not happening under any circumstances. Right. You are a child. You know, but she's doing the cleaning, getting all the food, probably doing some of the cooking.
0: She was fulfilling that that gender role that was alive and well in the '90s, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a role that she desperately wanted. Oh yeah, yeah. So let's try to speed along a little bit. We can talk about Tony a little bit. I haven't written down here. I was I was curious. What do you think he was drinking all the time? Do you really think it was vodka? Because he's you know he's Italian thought maybe it'd be something like
4: Sambuca or something. I have no idea. I, I'm not a drinker, so I don't, I'm don't. i not super versed on all the different alcohols. He's drinking vodka neat. It's like, that's what a Russian does, not an Italian.
0: It couldn't have been a white wine because he's doing it in like a
4: shot glass, basically. He's supposed to drink red wine all the time, 24-7. <laughs> uh, he's doing all the other greaseball stuff. How about the old man sitting in the corner? <laughs> Uh, How about all their files are in the walk-in cooler or walk-in freezer? It's like that Seinfeld where they're at the car dealership and the guy lets his dad sit by the window. (laughs) (laughs) You make your dad sit here all day? He likes that. Do we even meet Tony yet? I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, oh, we've met him a couple of times because we met we meet him right
0: in the beginning. Yes, are you free on Tuesday? Yeah, I'm free Tuesday. And then sure. person goes and kills the guy, or kills all those people.
4: Somebody serious.
0: Yeah, uh, he comes back. Uh, remember Matilda's waiting outside. She's smoking a cigarette. That that weirdo. Yeah, he starts to put out some feelers about his money. This is, I think, when Tony gives him like a thousand dollars. Go have some fun, and. He also says um, he's trying to learn to read. And
4: because I think the, the time after is when he's like, I've been training. Yeah. I, I, so I think we have a clip. So Leon, he doesn't want to teach Matilda. Yeah. And he tries to kick her out. I think we have a clip of that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he relents. And then he goes to Tony's to get the training sniper rifle. That's right. Yeah. Which is the pain. That balls. was like the.
0: I guess the second time i was referring to it should yeah, technically be it. the third time that he's in there throughout the whole film but sure. yeah, this is the clip uh where matilda basically forces leon to <laughs> take her under his wing
2: read it
3: um
2: you don't know how to read
3: i'm learning that I had a lot of work lately, so I'm a little behind. What did you say?
2: I've decided what to do with my life. I want to be a cleaner.
3: want to be a cleaner? Here. Take it. It's a goodbye gift. Go clean. But not with me. I work alone, understand, alone.
2: Funny and Clyde didn't work alone. Thelma and Louise didn't work alone. And they were the best.
3: (sighs) Matilda. Why are you doing this to me? I've been nothing but nice to you. I even saved your life yesterday, right outside the door.
2: Right. So now you're responsible for it. If you saved my life, you must have saved it for a good reason. If you throw me out now, it's like you never opened your door. Like you let me die right there in front of it. But you did open it. So? Atelier. Don't help me, I'll die tonight. I can feel it. No, I don't want to die tonight.
3: Matilda, you're just a little, little girl, so don't take it badly, but I don't think you could do it. I'm sorry.
4: She shoots uh, six rounds out the window. <laughs> At random, she didn't even aim. Like she doesn't hit anyone. She hits a bunch of cars, though. I thought it was funny that she, she's like Bonnie and Clyde didn't work alone. Selma and Louise didn't work alone, and they were the best. Like Selma Louise was a movie that came out last year. <laughs> like they weren't even real people. <laughs> I don't think they were, but yeah, I don't think so. It seems like a odd odd reference mm-hmm. to make. I guess I'm going lose 91, but still. Yeah. yeah. You get my drift. And I don't even think they killed anybody. They were just knocking off. No, they did. I, they I did. haven't
0: seen it, but I know they kill people.
4: From what I've heard. I don't remember. They do commit murder. I remember I didn't like that movie. That was not very good. Um you know how it ends probably because it's been spoiled 100 million
0: times well the simpsons first told me about it so <laughs> i blame marge and whatever that lady's name was that she goes on the on the lamb with
4: yeah the next door neighbor they also spoiled the the crying game but you uh you, <laughs> yeah. you repressed that enough but uh, see the movie fresh yeah, I still don't know how you saw the crying game without it, having heard about the uh I feel like I would have spoiled that. I, I tried yeah. not to, but uh well it's I funny because like, uh because I brought
0: it up a lot. After I saw the crying game, I told Jones, uh former co-host Alex Jones. Uh I, I told him I, I saw it and he's like, Yeah, I haven't seen it. I was like, Oh, so you don't have have you heard much about it? He's like, No, nah, not really. <laughs> so he has no idea. And I told him, I was like, "You gotta see the Crying Game." (laughs) And I have not gotten a text from him uh, about the Crying Game, so I know he hasn't seen it yet. That's fine. I think I told him I was like, "I'm pretty sure you're gonna text me
4: after you watch it." Well, WWF also spoiled the Crying Game, so I'm pretty sure George on Seinfeld also makes a reference to his own personal Crying Game. Mm. Maybe, maybe I'm confusing him with Jerry Lawler. But I've heard that phrase before. It's my own personal crying game. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh,
0: they moved to a different hotel uh, under the guise of uh, that she's uh, a a young student trying to get into Juilliard. And he is her father and he's a composer.
4: Yeah. Uh, And she's got to practice the violin. Yeah. Which is, of course, not a violin. It's guns. They did not rip that off because Desperado was 95. Although I
0: guess El Mariachi was... I was that 93 94? Look it up, so it was like
4: 92, maybe.
0: Yeah, so I guess there was precedent. Yeah, they could have stolen
4: it from Mariachi. El Mariachi was 92. There's no way El Mariachi made that up. I mean, that's that's a uh, old cliche, even at that point. Yeah, or sure Zango did it, maybe in that movie where he drags the casket around all the time.
0: Yeah. I'm just skipping ahead for a second, then we'll jump back. But this is also the hotel where Matilda gets pretty friendly with the receptionist downstairs. And then she just, oh, by the ways, like, he's not my really my father. He's my lover.
4: Yeah. Uh, and she's like, oh, God, come on. She has no, like, no grasp of what the consequences of that statement are going to be. Because they get yeah. kicked out immediately.
0: I wonder if she's just doing it to kind of force the issue with Leon
4: I well, to get
0: I, him to either notice or make up his mind, that sort
4: of thing, or confront uh, her propositions, maybe. But but he's not even there when she does it. She does it when he's away. And I think she's just trying to, like, show off for the guy. Like, like she's yeah. fantasized it in her head. That, and... could, that could be it. You know, to the point where, like, like this guy's going to think I'm so cool because I'm hooking up with this older guy. Mm-hmm. And, like, she doesn't understand, like, people don't think that way. People think that's fucking gross. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're you're being taken advantage of.
0: If you are of the opinion that she knows what she's doing is not accepted, but she thinks she's an exception to the rule... Uh, you could surmise that she's doing that to get attention. You know, like she got them kicked out of their first apartment because she shot the gun out the window. Hmm. She would have had to have known that, oh, yeah, we can't live here anymore. We have <laughs> to leave now. You could maybe say that that's what she's doing by telling the receptionist that they're lovers because she knows that's going to force the issue with Leon.
4: Well, I thought partly the reason they left the first apartment is so that they don't come looking for her at that building but yeah her shooting out the window definitely that's
0: an added benefit but but they leave immediately after she shoots out the out the window so yeah because it seemed like that forced the issue okay we have to
4: leave now yeah but i yeah i don't know what her intentions were but i i I get the feeling that she didn't understand the consequences of her actions she's too naive We'll just pretend that the filmmakers did not uh, have other intentions while making it yeah they really lucked into like Gary Oldman's performance and they really lucked into towing the line just enough but without going over uh you know for the most well, part if Basan had
0: his way there would have been that Fucking shower scene that's that's what He's i'm saying what like if
4: if they did it the way they wanted to it would have been way over the line and people would dismiss this movie just on principle uh and even so like, some people still do it because of uh you know what it is but yeah the like like they they restrained it just enough that it's it doesn't go too far um, I went and talked about how there was
0: a test screening with basically the extended cut, and it did not did not go over well at all. <laughs> the audience did not take to the love story, and then they cut it to what is I believe the theatrical cut, and the response completely turned around. Everyone loved it. Yeah. So, yeah, after those test screenings, they I think they kind of knew. I mean they made it. this isn't like it was a French film that they're trying to like branch over to the u s and we think we can get some crossover business here you know this isn't like Jackie Chan we're not gonna make a a movie with Chinese dialogue that we think can play in the States because of the action you know
4: yeah this is uh this' is made everyone speak in English, okay <laughs> it's set in New York. <laughs> everybody's american except for the main character rumble in the bronx (laughs) said new york (laughs) i
0: can't believe he went out he set out to like not thinking that they were going to market it in america
4: (laughs) was it rumble in vancouver yeah
0: it mostly was uh, rumble in vancouver see that would that could make our faux american horror if it was a horror film but it is not it's an action film so mostly made in Canada. Only a, a few b-roll shots. The the New York the rock, skyline. But that's the,
4: the Rocky Mountains of New York City. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where do we go to now? Yeah. So we get kind of the uh the training stuff. They go get that uh that sniper rifle, which we find Did out. Did you notice that song? I like that
0: song in one of the montages earlier on. So from Jason's favorite Bjork, <laughs> it's a pretty good song.
4: Yeah, they had a decent soundtrack. I don't remember specific songs. Um, sure, Bjork, this is the Bjork Venus as a boy.
0: Yep. Huh? Venus. Venus. So make sure you enunciate that. You do not say penis v- as v- a
4: boy. Venus. Venus. V- v-
0: v- film that features inappropriate relationships make sure you say venus as a boy <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so this is some of the added footage he starts to take her along with him who is, who is this guy train. that
4: they, they they sniped who is was that supposed to be like a bill clinton stand-in or something
0: it's that's what I was thinking it was like if it has secret service
4: agents protecting this dude it's they gotta be the president because because that was kind of the the joke at the time was clinton would go jogging yeah he go to mcdonald's but and then stuff. he'd end up eating a big mac <laughs> at the end <laughs> yeah
0: they had those uh sketches on saturday night live yeah talking about somalia and the warlords he's just taking everyone's food at mcdonald's and eating it <laughs> it's a great sketch we-
4: Wearing them windbreaker suits, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta make this look natural. Yeah, that, that was basically it. Like the guy shows up in a limo, and he's like we gotta make this look good, we going to make this look natural, because you know he's people are gonna be filming it or whatever, because he's famous. And uh she snipes them. Basically, they're on a, a rooftop, and he's teaching her how to use a sniper rifle because yeah. you know. You start with the rifle and then you, as you get better, you get closer to your victim and then uh, you finish learning the knife. Yeah.
0: It could have been the governor of New York, I'd say, but that's about the smallest I I think it could get. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. It's not the mayor. Know. The mayor doesn't. I mean, I know the mayor has security in New York, especially you're the, you're the mayor of the biggest city in the country. You're going to have protection, but I don't think you have that big limo and all I don't know, it seemed like some legit Secret Service dudes reserved for people of higher office.
4: In the movie, I don't know like what exactly that guy's uh position was or if he was just a celebrity or a government official, but like, I had a feeling like he was making fun of Bill Clinton with that. Right. So anyway? Bubba? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And she picks him out as uh, uh at random because he's just like shoot anybody, you know. Find your target. Well, he's wearing What's orange, it? isn't he? He's kind of wearing yeah. some some so bright what colors. About, and... what about the guy in the orange, uh, <laughs> the orange suit?
0: Sure, yeah. Some okay. great, some great shots there. They're overlooking Central Park, so yeah, the sky. They're on the roof. They're overlooking the uh, the park and uh, the skylines there.
4: It looks great. This was uh interesting to me because it's like I didn't know that they had weapons specifically designed to teach people how to be hitmen, <laughs> like like the, the the sniper rifle with the paintball. Uh, and well, they have the, those rounds with the paintball.
0: There was already precedent in film, if you recall, *Child's Play* three.
4: No, I don't recall Child's Play 3. I I forgot that even existed until like uh, a year or two ago. And that was uh I believe
0: that was 93. So that was at least a year before this. And Chucky switches out the paint rounds at the uh the military academy.
4: Oh, oh, Child's Play 3. I was thinking Problem Child. You're right, Child's Play 3. Yes. I am well aware of Child's Play 3. <laughs> I was thinking of Problem Child.
0: Yeah, he switched out the paintball rounds for live ammo at the military yes. academy. A bunch of kids got killed.
4: <laughs> Only one side though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and there's a live grenade and the one kid jumps on it or whatever. Yeah. Those first three those three child's play movies are really good. <laughs> they are. I don't know about that. I haven't seen two and three in a long time, but
4: I, I watched them a few years ago and uh they hold up. Like three was better than I remembered. I like I really liked it. I keep on meaning to get that
0: set because it's pretty cheap and it has seven films. But yeah, like when those like, I don't like, like four Netflix and five films. came out, I was just like, oh, these are damn near straight to DVD. Like from like watching the trailers. I'm like, this
4: looks like it's just straight to DVD trash. But people tell me they like them. A- four and five, the tone changes a lot. Like, it becomes much more of a comedy. Um, Is Jennifer Tilly naked? No. Well, then what's the point? I don't think there's any nudity in them. But... um,
0: Is she in it, or is she just... do? Yeah, she has to be in, like, the fourth one, right? Because she's the
4: voice of the female doll. So she has to be, like... Yeah, she starts as a human being, and then she turns into the doll. And then the fifth one, she plays herself. Is it like soup's meta or what? Yeah, it's very meta. Okay. It's it's very funny. The uh 6th and 7th ones that came out on Netflix, I, I don't care for those. <laughs> They're very serious but like it's weird. Like, I got it, it seems like a completely different series. Like right. it's But the uh, the TV series kind of picks up from there. So the TV series is okay not great not terrible yeah no. very
0: gay <laughs> so let's try and speed this along a little bit uh there's lots of montages he takes her under his wing teaching her the tricks of the trade they t- tell us about the ring trick which will come into play at the end of the film
4: they drink a lot of milk
0: the, the ring trick is after the gum trick basically yeah, because there's like ten minutes where they're just killing people in apartment buildings. Like there's all these people that apparently owe money to the mob, and they're just like, "We're gonna kill them all." <laughs> there's at least like ten or twelve people that they kill. Uh, where they put gum over the peephole, and she's in the hallway pretending like, "Oh, the, all the lights are out. I'm scared. Do you open the door?" Blah blah blah. Make it up some story. I and feel guy... like that wouldn't
4: work though. Like that seems like a bad. Like, well, you wouldn't
0: know. think that there be a little girl would be in on the scheme to kill you. But why would they open the door for anybody? Like, I don't well, know. it's still locked, and he has the the wire cutter that he's shoving in there,
1: cutting yeah.
0: the the chain, busting in, and then killing him. uh He even gets her uh, her own little like handgun with paint rounds in him. Yep, gets her to shoot one of the guys, and then he shoots him for real and. She makes the point to say, hey, no, you know, you said no women, no kids. We got to destroy these drugs. Yeah. They're going
4: to kill. Which she just lights a fire in the apartment building. Yeah. She starts burning the drugs, which is probably going to send fumes through the entire building. And then probably it's going to (laughs) go uncontained and burn down multiple (laughs) units. (laughs) Our next clip
0: is regarding Matilda trying to pay Leon, take out a contract on Stansfield. You want
4: to talk about the game first? Uh,
0: oh, the the role-playing game? Yeah. It's, it's like... pretty funny.
4: Well, it's a little uncomfortable. I thought that was well, one of uncomfortable yeah. scenes. Because she comes out dressed like Madonna and sings yeah. like a virgin. Mm-hmm. And dresses like Marilyn Monroe and does the happy birthday, Mr. President. Right. So I have some fun facts about this scene, actually. Here's a
0: fun fact.
4: Sure. So
0: these people that she's portraying, the two you mentioned, and then Gene Kelly, uh, Charlie Chaplin as well. Yeah. But when she auditioned, Basson asked her to do some impressions. Who can you do impressions of? And those were the people she did impressions of. So they put that in the film. Portman said that she hadn't really seen like the Kennedy tapes or anything with Marilyn doing Mm -hmm. that. She thinks she got that from Wayne's World, <laughs> which was ninety-one, I think, or '92. And he does that in Waynes World one. So she basically stole that from Mike Myers and then used it in Leon. And then the other ones, she those those were just her. She was a big Madonna fan. She says she grew up with Madonna. So that's why those characters were chosen. I did like uh Renault's John Wayne impression. <laughs> okay, Pilgrim. Okay, Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> and he does the lean
4: Yeah. the lean The lean sells it, you know <laughs> then they get into a water fight which is a little weird famous
0: story in the Mulder family history, uh, mom was in town doing, god knows what I don't know, running errands or something and me and my brothers and my dad were all home and all of a sudden just a, a squirt gun fight erupted in the house, this is like <laughs> This isn't during the winter. This is it, it it was probably summer, even if it wasn't, it was late spring or early fall because there was it wasn't like there was snow outside. This is it was nice outside, but we're still inside the house
4: and we lived on a farm.
0: We had squirt gun fights outside on the regular.
4: Oh, yeah, you don't have squirt gun fights in the house, yeah. But
0: something I can't remember how it came to be, but all of a sudden we're in a squirt gun fight in the house. Everyone's involved, you get mold and our mom comes home she pulls into the driveway and our german shepherd is doing circles around the house just barking going nuts (laughs) like my mom gets out like what the hell is going on she gets inside the house there's water dripping from the ceilings just everywhere like she's like what the hell because the dog you know heard us laughing and screaming and stuff and so the dog thinks there's something wrong like something's happening to us and He can't get in the house because the doors are closed. So he's just running around the house, barking, (laughs) going nuts. When I mean running around the house, I mean literally outside the house, running around the house. So, yeah, uh, mom wasn't so happy with all the water everywhere. (laughs) It was a fun time had by all inside of the house with the squirt guns.
4: Shame on your dad for letting you do it. (laughs) (laughs) He was involved. Shouldn't he know better? Like you get fucking water damage price, Bryce said, like over. stay
0: away from the TVs and everything else is fine. <laughs> stay away from the hair and the face. And that's it. <laughs> Let's do this.
4: Like SummerSlam 92 with Shawn Michaels and Rick Martel. Uh it, it, I I just imagine your dad buying like the, the waterproof paint and be like, now's the time. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, he he got he got it up on the walls and on the ceiling. And is now's the time.
0: I think he originally bought that in anticipation of watching Caligula with a bunch of people. <laughs> 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 As you recall, my dad's a big fan of Caligula.
4: <laughs> yes, uh, for for our long time listeners, you will remember that Mulder's dad's favorite movie is Caligula.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not his favorite movie, but. It did come up one time where he's like, hey, you ever seen Caligula? <laughs> I was of, a, of an age at the time, right? This was like college or post-college where he brought it up. such a
4: weird recommendation from your dad, though. But it was
0: one of those things where are like, you've seen Caligula? What?
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: sure a lot of new listeners are like, what the fuck are they talking about? Speaking of which, that episode is possible. It's not even in the last 108 episodes, which is what's available at the moment. Even though this will be episode 297. Over the next week or two, I'm going to try and put the back catalog onto Podme. But it's going to be a little tricky. It says you can do it if you order them by seasons and episode number. You can... Because I don't want all these old episodes to go in the front of our new ones like they're new episodes because they're not. I mean, they'll, they'll say episode... 23, episode 146. But I don't want them in the feed at the top. I want the new episodes at the top. Yeah. So if you have automatic downloads set up, maybe don't for a few weeks. Because <laughs> <laughs> it might download a lot. I'm not sure how it's going to work. Because even if it doesn't put them at the top, it might still consider it a new episode.
4: Do do notifications and then uh, download manually. Yeah. I mean... Maybe you do want to download all of them and God bless you if you do, <laughs>
0: but I don't want to piss you off if there's like another 200 episodes all damn near that your phone's going to download. It's probably going to take me a while to do it too. I'm going to try and pick one day and just try and figure it out to put them all in. And it's yep. possible I might even put all of them in. I might just hold on to some of them and release them later as like a special treat or when we do less episodes over the the winter months or something i don't know but the back catalog is going to start to be pushed onto the feed because our website ends or our squarespace website ends in uh early november
4: so yeah when, when you say uh putting out bonus old old episodes is bonus contact uh hold you over when you do last episode i was gonna make a joke about it. Movie drone leaving their fans high and dry with no content for over a month. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then trying to claim our episode as their own.
0: <laughs> you know, if they wanted, I'd let them just post our episode on their feed. I should ask them if they want to do that. But I think they were they were going to record something. Well, today is Thursday the 17th. I think they're going to record hopefully this weekend. We'll we'll see. But Yeah, I think they're waiting
4: for Gran Turismo to come out.
0: Yeah, sure. I might ask them. I might ask them if they want to post it on their feed. And we did that with Midnight Movie Cowboys.
4: The most disappointing thing about Gran Turismo is the best line from the trailer is not in the movie. (laughs) Uh, Who do you think the best driver is? Probably Rory. (laughs) I would dust him in a lap.
0: Tune into our next recently seen episode to hear Brett talk about Gran Turismo. Probably not. <laughs> well, by then, even there isn't there aren't that many good movies coming out over the next few weeks. Maybe you'll talk about some older ones. I don't know. But well, some uh,
4: older releases Could talk about retribution, probably mm. <laughs> the new Liam Neeson movie where he doesn't get out of his car. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I keep on saying we should try and speed this up, but we keep on getting sidetracked. Not a Just big deal because it's good content. Just real quick. Just quickly, which is well, (laughs) let's try and get through the plot, I guess. Because um, I was trying to lead up into her next clip, uh, where she tries to pay off Leon for the with the contracts. But where does she get that money? She goes back to the scene of the crime, yeah, goes back home, and I wrote it down because that is a massive plot hole. Because she goes in there, she she picks up the money, and all of a sudden Stansfield and like some internal affairs type cops come in. Yeah. She hides. And he's like, I'm standing, or the guy was standing here, he went for his gun. Bang, I shot him. Like, he's going over the crime scene. Like, this is months after it happened. (laughs) There's no way that this fucking crime scene has been, with the caution tape up, that long. Internal
4: affairs is just now getting him to go over the scene. I didn't even think about that. Because, yeah, they, like we just said, they had been on, like, dozens of missions together, or of jobs together, plus all the cleaning and uh, all the training montages and all that stuff. This is after
0: two trips to Tony's place. And on the <laughs> second trip, Tony tells Leon, it's been a long time. You missed a yeah. lot of great jobs. Like, this is,
4: the this, seasons have passed. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but that's a good point. Because because this scene where she goes back to the the apartment plays like it's like the next day. <laughs> yeah. Like I maybe they cut it out of order or something, but uh, it probably yeah. isn't
0: as jarring in the theatrical because there isn't as much of mon- with the
4: montages
0: and whatnot. But yeah, this is a long time after the.
4: The, the murders yeah I didn't even think about that but yeah you're 100 right <laughs> this should have been 30 minutes ago in the movie <laughs> this should have been before they went to the hotel and uh so I'll play the the clip where she tries to
0: put a contract out with Leon but right before I do I'm gonna play this little did you hear what Matilda wrote on there? I guess, entry sheet into the hotel, the second hotel. She says, Daddy, you know how I like to check into hotels. Do you know what name she gave? Oh, I don't remember. Because after she tells the receptionist that they're lovers, they come a-knocking, right? Yeah. And (laughs) this is the name she gave.
3: How do you like it?
4: I see. Mr. McGuffin?
5: Several
0: celebrities.
4: (laughs) Mr. McGuffin. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so i think basson's uh playing with the script a little bit there a little in joke but it's uh yeah <laughs> that's something i think i've only cut this time around
4: you know mr mcguffin i i probably heard it and didn't even register with me yeah like oh here's the contract clip here it's for a contract
2: 20 grand right his name is Norman Stansfield, and he's in room 4602 in the DEA building, 26 Federal Plaza. I'm not taking Why not? Too heavy. Well, do you grant me your gear for the day?
3: I never lend out my gear. But you still have your gun, use it. Just do me a favor. Don't shoot out the window, okay?
2: Why are you so mean to me? You are like killing people you don't give a shit about. You won't get the bastards who killed my whole family.
3: Revenge is not good, my son. But if It's better to forget.
2: To forget? After I've seen the outline of my brother's body on the floor, you expect me to forget? i want to kill those sons of bitches. I'm gonna blow their fucking heads off.
3: Nothing's the same after you've killed someone. Your life is changed forever. I have to sleep with one eye open for the rest of your life.
2: I don't give a shit about sleeping, Leon. I want love or death. That's it.
3: Love or death? <laughs> Get off my case, Matilda. I'm tired of your games.
2: This really great game, Leon. Makes people nicer. It's right in thinking. It kind of gave me love. alone before
3: you're going to lose my there's a round in the chamber i heard it
2: so what it's to you if i end up with a bullet in the head huh nothing hope you're not lying leon I really hope that deep down inside, there's no love in you. Because if there is just a little bit of love in you, I think that in a few minutes, you'll regret you never said anything. I love you, Leah.
4: Russian roulette living dangerously she puts three bullets in there too yeah <laughs> like that's uh like you gotta work your way up to that did she not see your deer hunter that, that's the third
0: round <laughs> right you only add bullets after both people you live you don't start with three start with one then you go to two
4: then three yeah, that changes the odds the betting yeah. is 100%. thrown out to- totally changes the odds you need, you
0: need more rounds of betting is what you need that's why you need to start with one and then work your <laughs> way up to three don't play Christopher Walken unless it's been like three years because he's
4: really good <laughs> I just remember hearing how great that movie was and then seeing it and finding out it was just them playing R- Russian roulette and then being really <laughs> depressed when they came back I was like I don't think I like this movie very much. <laughs>
0: I, mean, I, I do like it, but the first hour is it's like, I, I don't think the movie needs to be that long. It's three hours over three hours. They don't even get to Vietnam until after an hour in. The first hour know. is a rushed Orthodox wedding, which takes forever. And, you know, they're blue collar like steel workers because they're in Pittsburgh or, or yeah. thereabouts. And it's a lot of, you know, working all night and drinking all day and going to the they're wedding all, and they're
4: all trying to hook up with Meryl Streep <laughs> going hunting and
0: whatnot but yeah takes uh, forever to get to the to get to the
4: war needless to say I was disappointed <laughs> <laughs> Michael Chimino this isn't as good as you said it was people are gonna get mad at that the 200 greatest movie ever I still do like it a lot but
0: I don't revisit it all that often now. I watched it again about a year or two ago, but
4: yeah, there's a bunch of those Vietnam movies. I need to rewatch because I, I didn't really care for them that much like that one and uh platoon and apocalypse. Now I thought were are uh, a little overblown with their, uh how people uh, talk about how great they are. Full metal jacket on the other hand. I'll watch that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get some, <laughs> get some. I thought that was going to be a review on Letterbox. Just get some, get some. <laughs> uh, you want a man or children? Sure. How can you how can you kill women and children? Easy. Just don't lead them as much.
0: I forget that guy's name, but he was originally going to be Private Joker, or at least he was trying to be. He wanted to be. Hmm. And they're like, no. I <laughs> mean, Matthew Modi. and we'll give you this little part. Get some. Get some. Get some. If
4: Uh. if, if they run, they're Viet Cong. If they don't run, they're well disciplined, Viet Cong. (laughs)
0: Uh,
4: I got 115
0: kills. uh, I've run out of notes for Leon. And we only have one more clip, but we can kind of wrap up the plot somewhat because they kind of come to the end of their training. There's a very uncomfortable dinner scene where she tries to kiss Leon, which was a you kind of hurt a little bit from that clip earlier. Yeah.
4: And then she's drinking champagne and uh, <laughs> it's it very googly.
0: Yeah. So you just want to get to uh, Matilda trying to kill Stansfield.
4: Yeah. I just want to mention that Leon goes to Tony and says to give Matilda his, his money if something happens to him. Sure. And then he goes on another job by himself. So every time he goes on a job by himself, Matilda gets into trouble. Yeah, uh, starts smoking cigarettes <laughs> again because she quits after he tells her to, and then she's smoking again. Talk nice, quit smoking, and don't associate with weirdos. And stop saying okay all the time, okay, okay.
0: And then, yeah, she starts smoking again, and then she does quit by herself.
4: She throws a cigarette away at the end. Well, she also rents that s- spot on the stoop for a year, <laughs> and she gives those punks a hundred dollars.
0: Um, so, yeah, you know, she goes down to that federal plaza, whatever, whatever it is, and then room forty six oh two. She uh puts a bunch of handguns into a a bag, and she has a pizza box like she's delivering pizza and special delivery room forty six oh two.
4: Gary, and, uh, oh, I go was ahead. gonna say she doesn't even get out of the lobby because Stansfield lures her into the men's room. Sure. Sounds bad, no matter how you say it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he uh, confronts her. He's standing behind the door. So when she walks in, he's behind her.
4: Pops pill.
0: <laughs> he sure does. Very menacing, uh, Stansfield. She's obviously, her cover's blown. He recognizes her, obviously, in the in the lobby. That's why he's waiting for her in there. So the, he captures her. Brings her upstairs. He has uh toothpick or match match mouth guy, watcher along with uh, the dreadlock guy who yep. eats the pizza. <laughs> it's not
4: could be could be poisoned. <laughs> there's no anchovies on it, so there's no no poison. <laughs> well then Leon uh finds out what happened, but she left a note for him. Is that yeah, and now I he can, can read. read. So, you know, <laughs> clearly been months. And he just he just busts down there and just starts shooting up people in the federal building, yeah. goes up to the 40th floor or whatever, uh, or wherever the office was, I don't know. Yeah, And then uh, kills a couple more people and uh, takes her downstairs and goes out in the cab.
0: Mm-hmm. In the cab is mad. It's
4: been 10 minutes.
0: They did show it earlier in a montage where he comes home from a job and he's been shot or stabbed or something. And he's sewing himself yeah. up in the shower, so it seems like his skills as a hitman are lagging behind now that he's, I guess, distracted by his new love,
4: or he's getting a little reckless no. with it too. But also, he he seems to recognize it, which is why he had Tony, uh, told Tony to give his money to Matilda, because he knows the end is near. Yeah. So he gets out of there unscathed, though. But
0: um, this is also after he had done another job that they allude to in a flashback. That uh, Benny, not Benny, uh, one of the other guys, the Stanfield's men, was making a buy from some Chinese gang, and Leon came in and basically killed everyone. And then I was yeah. thinking, well, if he killed everyone, how did they know that he said no women, no kids? <laughs> but there was so there was two Chinese guys, and the Stanfield guy. And, or no, I'm sorry, there was two guys with uh, Stansfield. So I think maybe he might have killed Stansfield or Stansfield's main guy and left let the other one live to tell the tale of Mickey and Mallory.
4: Well, I, I thought Stansfield's guy was spared and then the, the other guys were all killed.
0: No, because he's killed Stansfield's guy because he killed Matilda's family. No women, no kids. Because the Chinese oh, have nothing to do with it, really. Okay. He might have left one of the Chinese guys alive. He's either a Chinese guy or another Stansfield? Somebody
4: got left alive, yeah.
0: But it was the Stansfield guy from the the initial
4: murders in Matilda's apartment that he killed. And Stansfield, he goes to visit Tony. He's like, you know, we've done a lot of work together, Tony. Because everybody knows Tony. Mm-hmm. When you've killed for us in the
0: past, we've always been satisfied, been very <laughs> satisfied with it. You've done good work. <laughs> Or the hitman was of the Italian variety. He knows it was Leon, and he, they beat up old Tony. Nobody knocks out old Tony, but well, <laughs> they did beat you up, and he squealed like a pig. He gives up uh, Leon's identity, I guess, and lets them know where they live because Matilda had gone out to buy milk again, and they grab her. Yeah, outside
4: the apartment building or outside the apartment because she gets up to their floor. How many people did they send to get Leon? <laughs> Alpha team.
3: Man down, man down. I told you. Betty
5: Bring me everyone. What do you mean everyone? Everyone!
4: <laughs> and they do. They <laughs> bring yeah. everyone. Because when
0: Matilda left, they had decided to, beforehand that there was a secret knock. Yeah. Because when you're entering, you got to give the secret knock. If not, you know, something's up. The guys that grabbed her, she gave them the wrong code. So they yeah. knew something was up. And he fucks their world up. Love that scene. Great action.
4: Yeah. Takes out takes out the alpha team. Or oh, he's like hanging off of the something in front of the, the door. Or like above he's the door. hanging up
0: in the ceiling in the, in the, the entryway because he can prop himself up between, you know, put his feet and hands between the walls. But then I think he put like a, a strap across that kind of helps him, you know, he can kind of kneel on it a little bit, but um, yeah, he kills a lot of,
4: kills a lot of (laughs) of cops, a lot of SWAT team members. He gets Matilda back. Mm -hmm. Well, he, he holds one of the guys hostage to get her back. And then he uses him as a, a human shield. Yeah. And uh they send uh he sends Matilda out through he, he breaks through a wall and uh basically sends her down into the wall. Yeah, kind of an
0: exhaust system. She goes through as a fan there, she goes down
4: kind of like an exhaust
0: system or yeah. ventilation shaft, basically. Yeah, he sends her down there with the plant, of course. Didn't mention <laughs> the plant, which is the true love of his life.
4: He wants to fuck that plant. Yeah, this is the one thing he loves. Sprays it and wipes it down every day. They shoot a grenade in the apartment, smoke bombs. He pulls the silence of the lambs
0: and puts on the uniform and face mask of a a fallen cop. Yes. Which is very clever of him. Yep.
4: It's a clever maneuver, as Winston Mann would say.
0: And uh, he goes down a couple flights of stairs that are providing him medical aid. He has been injured as well. So,
4: yeah, he got shot a few times,
0: you know, clipped or winged, you know. Yeah. Um, and he was in an explosion. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Stansfield recognizes him, but he can't do anything right then because basically I'm thinking, well, it's not, he can't take him in alive because he knows too much about Stansfield. So, right. He's got to play it off like he doesn't recognize him, and he lets him try and escape, and he catches up with him downstairs as he's making his escape through a, a back hallway.
4: Yeah, he goes, he gets outside in the front where all the cops are, and then like he goes back into like the basement or something where like he goes down a staircase and then he walks through the building again to get to the other side. Right. But Sansfield follows him. Uh, Matilda got out fine. She's. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's hassling her. Although, like, they, they probably should. <laughs> She's just, like, walking away crying by herself, carrying this plant. <laughs> Did Stansfield shoot him? I I didn't really... Uh, I couldn't tell if he just, like, fell down or if Stansfield shot him in the back of the head. or. No, or yeah, he shot hit him. him.
0: There was a flash on the screen supposed to, you know, mimic, like, a muzzle flash. Yeah, there's a flash.
4: He falls down, and he is bleeding more than before. Because he like shoots him point blank in the back of the head, but then he's not dead. Yeah, I don't know. It's
0: possible they just like (laughs) shot him in the back close to the spine, or maybe in the neck or something.
4: Yeah, it was it was hard to tell exactly what happened with the way they cut it.
0: He shot him in a way where he could still be killed himself. That's right. That's where he shot him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
4: <laughs> he, he he did not kill him it was not a kill <laughs> shot the the end for stansfield was pretty uh pretty interesting cuz he's about to put a one last bullet into leon and leon reveals that he's wearing a vest just full of grenades the ring trick and he's pulled one of the rings and it's pulled all of the rings or somehow it's it's set to... Make them all go off at the same time. And he says, this is from Matilda. And then they both blow up. Badass scene.
0: What a way to go. There's some cool behind-the-scenes footage of them filming that explosion. It's a real explosion, of course, in New York, in a neighborhood. <laughs> you know, they got to they gotta rope off, you know, half the neighborhood. They got to evacuate part of it. They set up six cameras to capture it all. There's some different angles, there's some great camera angles. Great work. It's it's so cool to, to see how they did that. Like nowadays, I don't think they'd do that.
4: They would CGI that 100 percent
0: Same with like die over the vengeance. We talked about it a month ago. Yeah. It starts with that
4: bomb going off in the beginning in that New York neighborhood. It blew up a building. And then people were like, isn't that all insensitive? A building blew up just like six months ago. Yeah. It's yeah, but this is a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah
0: cuz the the World Trade Center bombing was 93 and with the Die Over the Vengeance came out in 95
4: no it came out like 6 months after the Oklahoma City bombing.
0: Yeah, yeah, the bombing Oklahoma City, yeah. That was that was It was set one. to
4: come out I, I think the
0: film was released a month That's after right, it was or,
4: even it was even closer than Oklahoma City, city was, bombing. Yeah, it was it was really close to the Oklahoma City bombing and they're like are you going to make any changes to it? And they said no it's a movie like people know the difference
1: <laughs> yeah
4: unlike today where like you can't if, if something happens in real life you gotta like cancel or you know postpone it for years and then it just dies
0: speaking of the world trade center there is a nice shot of the world trade center in leon early on the cliche
4: pretty cliche of course,
0: of course. This is post-First Terror Attack, but
4: pre-Second Terror Attack. What else are you going to do? What are you going to show? It's New York. They kind of stick out. (laughs) I mean, they built them like that for a reason. This is the most prominent thing in in the city. It will be in every movie. Uh,
0: We are pretty much at the end, end of the story. Matilda is accepted back into the school she was kind of kicked out of earlier. Well, she meets with
4: Tony first, right? right and she, she wants to get jobs. She wants to work for Tony. His face is all battered. And he says, uh, I got no jobs for 12-year-old girls. 12-year-old cleaners. <laughs> yeah. I ain't got no jobs for no 12-year-old girls. But he's holding her money because mm-hmm. nobody knocks off Tony. Yep. But I'll give you some spending. He gives her a hundred bucks or whatever, and yeah, she goes back to the, the the boarding school where she uh, was previously uh, kicked out of or said she was dead. Mm-hmm. She does the the same stick. If you don't take me in, I'm gonna be dead before the end of the night, right? And she ends up telling the the real story. Like my parents were killed for over drugs and. I spent the last several months learning to be a hit man with with an older man. And I got nobody because they're all dead.
0: Yeah. Then she goes outside and she puts the plant in the ground so it can have roots. Yes. Because Leon revealed before he threw her down the the ventilation shaft that he wants to have roots. Which kind of seems to me like, okay, we can have a relationship if we can make it out of this. (laughs)
4: But, of course she dumped the plant before it was ready to go into the ground and just the dirt went all over the place. If <laughs> you if you look closely. Like I don't know if that affects it or not. I'm not a gardener, but
0: <laughs> you're not a master gardener or anything, but I mean you gotta be a neo Nazi <laughs> to be a master gardener, so wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well.
4: I guess I guess if you want to work for cigarney weaver. <laughs>
0: All right, so yeah, that's the end of the film. Anything else you want to bring up before we get into fun facts? I and mean, we've already give you a lot of fun facts, but there's there's more.
4: No, I mean, we've we've covered so much on this movie. I think we're uh we're good.
2: Hey everybody, here's some fun facts.
4: So, according to IMDb, an extended cut retitled Leon version integral version 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 was released in french cinemas uh june 26 1996 this version is 26 minutes longer than the previously released version and includes amongst others one sequence that was removed from the film after the disastrous test with la preview audiences this version of the film is available on various dvds and is usually called the international cut New scenes found in the international cut include Matilda asking Leon to have sex with her and Leon refusing. Leon explaining why he had to leave Italy and go to New York when he was 19 years old. Uh, Matilda and Leon sleeping together in a bed. Matilda threatening to shoot herself playing Russian roulette. Uh, Leon and Matilda hitting the home of a tattooed drug dealer and setting fire to his supply of drugs. New training missions where Matilda learns the ropes of becoming an assassin and Leon and Matilda going to a restaurant to celebrate her first hit. Yeah. Here's a fun fact. Here's a real fun fact. Real on brand
0: for this pedal-like movie. After Matilda's family is murdered, the old woman who steps out of her apartment and tells the murderers to leave the family alone is actually the former biology teacher of Woody Allen. <laughs> Her name is Jesse Kiosian. Wow. <laughs> God. And I'm not saying Woody's a pedo, but... Uh,
4: Allegedly, I should say that for legal purposes.
0: He did have pictures of his naked 19-year-old stepdaughter.
4: <laughs> well, he married his daughter. He married his daughter, so... Now,
0: technically, it was... His girlfriend's daughter, but you know, they did live together as pseudo father and daughter for like what is it, uh, 12 years? <laughs> so I think she was, I think Sunyi was eight when uh, she met Woody Allen. But I think her, I think Woody um, and uh, Dan Keaton were together for 12 years until Sunyi was, I believe Sunyi was 20 when their relationship went public, people found
4: out. Yeah, they're definitely, uh, she was definitely a child when they first. Just a father figure for 12 yeah. years. No big deal. Well No big yeah, it, deal in France. That reminds me of everybody's bringing up the story about Steven Tyler adopting a, <laughs> a girl so he could have sex with her. <laughs> Like, like that hasn't been a story for forty years. <laughs> like I remember seeing that on the most shocking moments in the rock and roll, in like no. two thousand two.
0: <laughs> Back then, it was just more accepted.
4: It was like number forty on the list. <laughs> it was the top one hundred, and it didn't even make the top fifty, or you know the top, whatever top thirty. <laughs> it was that. <laughs> You know, uh, you know, unshocking.
0: Here's a fun fact.
4: Here's a fun fact.
0: In the international cut, when Leon first uses the ring trick, that client that uh, was shooting out the door and Leon tosses
4: in the grenade, that's Luc Besson. Oh,
0: writer-director.
4: Nice little cameo. It has been claimed that Luc Besson has written uh, the script for a sequel, which Olivier Megaton was to direct and in which Natalie Portman would reprise the Matilda role. Uh, filming was delayed until Portman was a bit older. However, in the meantime, Besson left uh, Gaumont Film Company to start his own movie studio, Europa Corp. Unhappy at Besson's departure, Gaumont Film Company quote, has held Leon the professional's rights close to the vest and will not budge. According to Megaton, the sequel more likely never happen. And uh, Bassan used the idea for Columbiana in 2011. Mm. Here's another fun fact. Liv Tyler was considered for the part of Matilda, but at age 15, she was deemed too old. Yeah, and that retrospective
0: Natalie Portman talked about, oh, she would do anything for Luke Besson. She'd sweep the floors for him. She'd wash the floors for him. Basically do anything. And now, at the 2019 slash, I don't know, maybe even as recent as 2023, maybe not so much. She's a little more (laughs) creeped out by uh, this film now. But
4: it did launch her career. Of course, Liv Tyler wasn't too old to be doing uh, scenes in her underwear in her dad's music videos. With Alicia Silverstone, mm-hmm. awkward.
0: <laughs> Here is a fun fact: the knock that Matilda tells the special forces soldier, I think it was three two one, right? Whatever it was, maybe it was, yeah, two two Something two like two that. one. It's Morse code for die. Oh, there you go.
4: Wow. 650 out
0: of 664 people found this interesting. <laughs> There's a lot of fun facts for
4: Leon. I just noticed that it doesn't say interesting on the desktop version anymore. It says helpful. Uh according to Luke Masson's first scripture after Leon's first or his full name is Leone Montana what L-E-O-N-E Montana mm. that's his full name in the the first uh, script draft
0: here's a fun fact so the green and yellow capsules Norman Stansfield takes is Librium a sedative and hypnotic medication of the benzodiazepine class it is used to treat anxiety, insomnia and withdrawal symptoms from alcohol and or drug abuse Hmm. Huh. They never mention anything like that. I don't. I don't know how you could like look at a capsule and like, oh, that's yellow and green or whatever. It, had. it has to be this type of medication. They have different color capsules for everything, and many different medications have the same color capsules.
4: So, I can almost guarantee you whoever wrote that trivia piece was the uh, dare champion in their <laughs> elementary school. Yeah. Uh, Oh, here we go. Natalie Portman addressed her role at the 2018 Women's March, expressing how she felt sexualized by it, describing a rape fantasy sent to her in a fan letter and a radio station's countdown to her 18th birthday. (laughs) Portman concluded, (laughs) Wow. The message from our culture was clear to me. I felt the need to cover my body and to inhibit my expression and my work in order to send my own message to the world that I'm someone worthy of safety and respect.
0: If this is around mid-aughts, that's when V for Vendetta comes out. And she portrays that, uh, there's that scene where she plays the young girl that's supposed to be the eye candy for the priest. Yeah. Remember? She dresses up as a, I don't know, it's like Like pink, a schoolgirl or whatever. A yeah, pink clothes schoolgirl or something. It's around the same
4: time. So, I don't well, know. This, this was 2018, though. Oh, 2018. Okay. That, yeah. But still, like. I mean, they used to do that all the time. Countdown to the 18th birthday. Like, they did that with the Olsen twins. And then when the Olsen... By the time the Olsen twins turned 18, they were all anorexic and gross, and everybody's like, oh, <laughs> never mind.
0: In a 2014 Playboy interview, Gary Oldman, who, fun fact for myself, this might be the same interview where he called... Was it Diane Feinstein or... Nancy Pelosi, a worthless, feckless cunt. (laughs) Because I know that was in the Playboy interview. And I assume he only did one around this time. But uh, in 2014 Playboy interview, Gary Oldman said, his screaming of the now iconic line, bring me everyone, was improvised to make director Luc Besson laugh. He said the line in a regular voice in a previous take, but then he cued the sound guy to slip off his headphones and shouted it as loud as he could. Besson loved it and used it in the film. Oldman says that that is now the line fans quote to him the most when they meet him. He doesn't scream, bring me everyone. He merely says it. Then someone says, what do you mean everyone? That's when Oldman screams the single word everyone. So he probably plays it up for the fans a little bit. That's funny. That's that's
4: a good story.
0: <laughs> All right. There's, there's plenty more fun facts. Uh, any more you think that are necessary right now? here's another fun fact
4: are you familiar with this in 2012 british indie rock band alt j released matilda a song inspired by this movie you heard that no but it sounds like they're a whole bunch of pedophiles
0: (laughs) it sounds sketchy sounds sus bunch of pedos there's plenty more fun facts on imdb you can look at i feel like we gave you a ton anything else brett we should probably rate this thing huh yeah, probably a good idea. I will give it a soonish
4: soonish I give it four stars on letterboxed. What say you? International cut gets a soonish soonish four stars on letter Theatrical cut, probably an eventually eventually. Probably to be like a three out of five. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Although I mean there's less pedo stuff in it, which is a plus, but there's also <laughs> less action. So Yeah, I'd, pr- I'd probably give it a three and a half on Letterboxd, but
4: yeah, and eventually,
0: eventually, but
4: so yeah, I think the theatrical cut is generally what you find on streaming. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, what's on Netflix feel, right now. If you feel inclined to watch the better version, uh, it's the international cut, but you got to put up with all that bullshit French stuff.
5: <laughs> I don't know, Lloyd, the French are, assholes.
0: anywho. Where can people find some lovely WTM merch if they feel so inclined to
4: financially support the show? Head on over to wtmwatchthismovie.creator-spring.com Yes, you can reach out to
0: us. Email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com Follow us on Twitter at watchthis_movie underscore movie or bread at positivelywolf1 which is also his letterbox profile. Mine is under eric underscore Mulder. Please rate and review, subscribe, and have a podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere podcasts are found or listened to. We will check you later. Guess we'll
2: see you around. All right. Check you later.
4: Bye. Later. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check Good, you man. later.
0: Check you later. <laughs> hey,
2: man, you off my case.
1: Oh, I love Mozart. It was us, you know.